This is episode 27 of the Jock and Nerd podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hey, have you ever wondered what superheroes do to relax? What do they do when they get home and take their boots off and all the various pouches and belts? Where do they hang their cape at the end of the day? Well, our guest today may have the answer to that. Joining us will be David Malofsky from A Place to Hang Your Cape. Listener, you're going to love to meet him. We're going to love to meet him. Let's get to it. It's the Jockey Nerd Podcast with your hosts, Anthony and Imran. Jockey Nerd! Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the Jockey Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. And my name's Anthony. He's the jock. And that guy is the nerd. And also joining us today, we're so excited to have David Malofsky from A Place to Hang Your Cape. David, thank you so much for Skyping on with us in this threesome uh, podcast a trois, as you just called it. <laughs> I'm glad to be here, guys. And uh, awesome. David is all the way, uh, you are far away. You are many, many time zones in the future, are you not, sir? Yes, I'm, I'm in... Uh I would say sunny London, but it looks like it's taking a turn. Oh, well, that's not surprising because that, <laughs> that was going to be my first question. Let me just ask you this. We'll get it out of the way. Uh, is it raining right now? Not right now. Yesterday we had a huge rainstorm. I think they were calling it like a month's worth of rain in a day. Oh, crap. That's not um, good. But today it was sunny enough that I got to go for a nice little bike ride this morning. So not too bad. How often is it sunny in London? <laughs> Percentage-wise. I mean – I've lived in London. I've lived in New York and DC. It's like it's it rains when it rains. Like it's not that much more rainy over here. It's more like in the winter. It's just like you know, you, it rains. It doesn't snow. Oh, it's how just, how cold does it get? Um, it's actually more mild than um. So like I I lived in New York before I came over here, and it was like over there you'd get down like I'm now trying to convert it to Fahrenheit. So it'd be like you know you get down to zero or like right. negative two up in New York. Um, over here, it gets down to, it mostly stays in the forties. It's about as cold as it gets. Oh, that's like when bad. it gets down to zero, like that's a cold day. It's very, well, it's a very like moist climate. It's very green and lush and there's lots of, uh, uh, lots of beautiful landscapes out there. Like I love London. I love the UK. <laughs> I'm a, yeah. I'm a secret Anglophile. The other question that begs to be asked is, does anything happen in the next six hours we should know about? Um, I don't Since really you are want to give anything away. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to cause a paradox. Yeah, because uh, technically, you, no, you can't because it's already happened. So we can't change anything. Otherwise, it'll cause a rip in the space-time continuum. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're such a nerd. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Anyways, David, thanks for coming on. And uh, the reason we have David on is because he kind of found us through our other podcast buddy, Peter Kendall. And it's all this crazy random uh, scenario of events. And uh, David is editor in cape of this awesome website called A Place to Hang Your Cape. Uh, it's a comic book culture website. And I love a lot of the articles. Uh, David, when did you start that uh, website? Um, I started uh, five years ago in 2010. Wow. Um, basically, what was going on is um, – I just finished film school uh, and I was – I had – one of the last essays I'd written was um, about how the war film genre has ended effectively being replaced by the news and the superhero film has become our new war film genre. Oh. It's basically replaced it. Um, oh. And then I got – went off on this long tangent with all my friends constantly when I was 
we were like be out of the bar and be like, guys, gotta listen. So the film, the superhero film genres, this, this, and this, and it's like trying to. They'd just be like, David, just shut up about superheroes already. Just go write a blog or something, and that that's what I did. Wow. And now, and a place to hang your cape. It's AP two HYC. Um, tell the listener in your words what it's what it's all about. So basically. Um, I mean, it started off, I was trying to just define the superhero film genre, and that's like the first two years that I was on it. Now it's much more about like um, supporting indie comics. We do a lot of comic reviews. Um, we do episodic reviews of TV shows like you guys do. Um, it's basically celebrating everything about comics and film, uh, comics and superheroes rather, um, and just like you know, it's a place to hang your cape. It's like, <laughs> I love that. I love, uh, I love that name. And, uh, it's where superheroes go to relax. Listen, yeah, exactly. you can find it at ap 2 hycom We'll have links to a bunch of things we talk about in the show notes at jockander.com slash 27. So, but you said you come from a film, uh, film writing, filmmaking background. Yeah, I have, um, an undergraduate degree in, uh, film and screenwriting. And then my master's is also in screenwriting. Wow. How do you end up in London? Uh, you obviously, life. you do not have a <laughs> British accent. He That's says holiday, word. but he sounds like us. I'm confused, yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so shit. What is going on? Um, so I, I, was, I grew up in D.C., um, and then I went to school in New York. And uh, my wife, who I met uh, while she was abroad in New York, uh, she is British. Oh. And so we moved over here together. That well, that's great that you. Because uh, man, I would move to the UK in a second. I don't know what it is. But I have relatives from there, and um, it's just uh, it's just so nice. Uh, how was you went recently to the London Comic? Uh, what is it called? London Film and Comic Con. London Film and Comic Con LFCC. And it was, yeah, it's it, like- it, well, what you did was like the the whole Skype photos was so awesome because I felt like I was there with you, and uh, your cosplay is a badass costume. Uh, I put. I'm also looking at this photo of you with the kingpin and daredevil, and then oh, uh, yeah. that was great. Uh, how was that? Uh, it was awesome. Um, this is our fifth LFCC because they do two a year. Oh, um, okay. And last year, the the big guest was Stan Lee um, in his final European appearance. Oh, wow. Ever so, it was he's like just getting too old ah, to travel across the pond. He's done. Yeah, it's basically like he's he's like ninety two. I just think he's like he doesn't want to be on planes for eight hours. I, like, I don't blame I him. Yeah. Um. So basically, they had a huge uh like overflow of people last year. Like people who had bought tickets to photo shoots weren't getting in. People were waiting in line for like eight hours. So this year, um, it was slightly better organized. They had um, the cast of Back to the Future. Oh, nice. Um, so I got to see Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson, wow. and it was pretty sweet. Um, and yeah, it was like it was. we also were better organized this year as a team. Uh, so it was really good. We got to meet a lot of celebrities. We got to meet a lot of um, comic creators and uh, authors. It was really cool. Yeah, how you bi- want to – oh, go ahead. Now, how big is that like compared to – because, uh, I mean, the only thing I compare to is, like, Wizard World C2E2 in Chicago or San Diego, which is fucking monstrous. Uh, how big does that – does it rank in between those, do you think? Um, I don't know the actual numbers. It's pretty big. I mean, this venue was four floors, um, had, like – it was – on Saturday, it was packed, like, wall-to-wall, like, getting places. You were basically, like, jumping into a stream of people oh, wow. waiting for your – 
stop and getting out of it, you know, like, um, it's pretty big. I think it's the biggest comic con in the UK. That's awesome. Sure. Name um, drop some, um, some celebrities you, you met or people you met. Um, I got to meet, uh, Sylvester McCoy, who's one of the former Dr. Who's, oh, nice. he was, uh, Radagast the Brown in the Hobbit. Nice. Uh, who else did we meet? We met, um, oh God, I'm forgetting everyone's names. Uh, um, Roy Carney? Wait, no. Shit. Was that was that Dan Slott in that photo? It was Dan Slott. I did meet Dan Slott. You know, uh, I didn't know what he looked like uh, until yeah. that photo. And I was like, oh, which, which one is he? Him. He's the fat guy with the beard. Oh, <laughs> yeah, nice. pretty much he's like a big guy, fat guy with a beard. Balding, he's really nice, guy. though. Yeah. Um, I saw him actually, like, uh, the first Comic-Con I went to, the first panel I went to was him talking about Superior, Comic- Superior Spider-Man uh, two years ago. Um, oh, wow. And that was the first time I'd heard about Superior Spider-Man and the first time I'd heard about Spider-Island. And I was like, this is this is ridiculous. Yeah. What, what are they doing with Spider-Man now? Now I've actually read it and I was talking to him about it. And it's like, it's, I love it. It's great. Yeah, um, for listeners who don't know, Dan Slott currently writes and has written uh, Spider- Amazing Spider-Man for, what, the last five years? Four years? Something please. like that? And been just setting up crazy, wacky storylines that are really fun and actually work. And it's refreshing uh, to bring to Spider-Man. I love it. I fucking love it. If you talk to him, like he's a real fan. Like he'll take pictures with you doing like the Spider-Man hand sign. Like he he loves it. Oh, that's awesome. Did you go to the Comic Con as a as a fan or is were you working it? I went as press. As so press. I get okay. like access to everything. If I want to speak to someone, like I just flash my badge and I get to do it. Um, See, Anthony, that's what we gotta get worked out, man. See? It's really easy to get press passes, guys. How, like, how, how does one <laughs> obtain a said press passes? Uh, I just like apply on the, like they have like a place for press on every comic con website. And it's like your press, you, they just, exp- it's like they have whatever that it is. Usually you just like have to show, like basically prove that you're a legitimate journalist and show examples of like your work from the past. And since we like, we do videos now, yeah. we do a lot of stuff. So, um, it's pretty cool. I'm going to have to try that angle. That would be great. <laughs> We can uh, – we'll just fake our way uh, – you know, you got to fake it till you make it. And think, <laughs> yeah, whatever. We're, we're press. We're media. We're media for we're, sure. Yeah, we are count. new media. That's what it yeah. is. It's new media. Um, hey, so- when I went to my first Comic-Con, it was like I felt like I was conning people out of comics by asking them to review it. Like it was – I was like we haven't actually literally reviewed a single comic on my website at that point. And they're I was like I run a website. It's <laughs> legit. Can I – can you give me a comic? Like, well, that's <laughs> it's part of the great uh, partnership and dynamic between you know kind of what we do and the creators because – we want to talk to the smaller creators, and the smaller creators, they love talking about what they do. It's the perfect uh, matchup, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, you just – for me, like what I do when I go to Comic-Con is I just go up to the booths, be like, this comic looks cool. Tell me about it. Let them just talk about it, which is usually the best way to find out about these comics at, at a Comic-Con. Because if you read the back or like what, like read what they've written, like that's great. But when you see like the person who's really passionate, like talking about it, nah, they get really into it and yeah. they like learn things that you wouldn't like know otherwise. And then I tell them who I am. And they're like, yes, please review my comic. Wow. So it's, it's literally like the person uh, that's selling it to you. And it, it's, it's the basically like, it's just basically a bunch of salesmen up there trying to sell their comics, huh? Yeah. So if, if people have never been to Comic-Con before, basically like what it is, it's, it's just a bunch of booths with people, um, 
selling either comics or like t-shirts or whatever, anything kind of nerdy. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, the person behind the booth is the person who created what you're looking at. Yeah. And that includes like jewelry and like commission um, artwork and like commission artwork. Yeah. yeah every, all that sort of stuff. If you t- like, they love talking to people because sure. most of the time they get really bored. And if you like, if someone's actually interested in just talking to them, they, that's when they get start getting like really excited and into it. Yeah, I remember when I when we go to I used to go to Comic Con and then going down Artist Alley, I would like you said, you just love geeking out with these guys about you know what something would catch my eye and I would just go talk to them and everyone's always really nice. So and I, yeah. I so back on your site at a place to hang your cape, I've noticed mm-hmm. that you, I love the reviews of these kind of odd independent titles that you wouldn't uh, normally you know see from a lot of people. Like, what, what is kind of your mission now with the, the website? Where do you see this going? What do you want to do with it? I mean, a lot of what we want to do is, is promote these guys. Um, part, one of the ideas is to take it sort of in a full-service marketing sort of angle where we want to, like, help people who – help comic creators specifically – who like can't really get their comics out there, help give them an avenue both through our reviews, but also through like, you know, marketing sort of support and like that kind of stuff, like help them uh, basically get their, get the word out that they have an awesome comic. I mean, if you look um, this just yesterday, uh, we posted a link to a friends of ours who just released a preview of a comic from their anthology. And it was just like, their response to me was like, Oh my God, we didn't, we like sent you, we thought you'd, Tweet the link. The link. We didn't think you'd actually post it on your website. Like that was awesome. Nice. It's like that's the kind of stuff we want to do. That's great. No, I mean, and that's a great idea because it just it helps uh, get these awesome stories and these guys out there. But then you review like big Marvel stuff, like Thor's number one. I'm looking at the latest post, and I actually really loved Thor's. I uh, I think I've read the first couple issues. The site, like one thing that got me is like that article that was like. Why Guardians of the Galaxy is the worst uh, Marvel. And I was like, whoa, here is a new perspective. Let me read this. Like, how can you not want to read that? And the guy had good points, really. He, yeah, so that's my buddy Will who wrote that article. Um, we actually went to see the movie together last summer, and, like, he walked out of it. And it, keep in mind, this was a press screening, so, like, no one else had seen it yet. Yeah. And, like, he was just like – and I made him write the review. And he was like, David, that was the worst movie. Like, wow. I fucking hated it. And he was like – He's like, why? I was like, why? And he's like, because basically the ending is Star Lord has a dance off on nine eleven. <laughs> what movie were you watching? Wow, uh, that's why I love. It was like a ve- I'd never heard that pr- that view that angle of the movie, and I was like, well, he may have a point there. He must. Uh, I wonder what he thought of Ant Man. Did he write the Ant Man review? He hasn't seen Ant Man okay. yet. Okay. Um, hey, David. I, I am curious about it. Yeah. Um, so just to the listener, a place to hang – the people might be wondering why we have a guy from a place to hang your cape on the show. Other than the fact that you're super interesting and you've created this website and you're an American in London. Um, you're an American werewolf in London. That's what but, I'm But uh, if you want to just – we, we alluded to it in the last episode. But do you want to just talk about our, our kind of our partnership on the site? Or you have a – and you have a story I believe that I'm dying to hear. Yeah. So you maybe, maybe you could tell us a story and then and talk about our that. little partnership. Okay, so I mean, first off, it's um, all right. I'll tell the story then. So basically, um, back in 2013. So this is going to be a long story. It's going to involve, I think, four different podcasts. Okay, at least. Imran, don't interrupt him. All right, I'll <laughs> so back in 2013, um, I heard about this um, Deadpool web series that was being made um, by some guys in uh, New Jersey, and basically. Um, 
Marvel had like come out and like slapped it down. Like they were like cease and desist. Oh boy. Um, and it was basically the fallout from that was going to be like, could this be the end of all Marvel fan films? So me being a place saying you're cave, I was like, I have to talk to these guys. Uh, so I did a Skype interview uh, with, with them. And it turns out that two of them, Veronica and Damien Vargas, um, Veronica Foxy Foxy and Damien Dragon, um, used to be a wrestler. Anthony, maybe, you know. Oh. Uh, anyway, so they do a podcast called Nerd Herders. Okay. Uh, so that's how I found out about their podcast to start. So I started listening to them. I really liked it. And then eventually I um, bought some ad space on it um, through a network. And because it was like you could, you were basically buying ad space on three or four different shows. And one of those shows was Off Topic Radio okay. with some folks you may have heard of, Peter Kendall and Michael Sangregorio. Okay. So those are the hosts of The Geek Chorus, yep. of course. Yep. So that's how I kind of met Peter and Mike vaguely. Like we sort of had like a brief email exchange like two years ago. So two years later, you guys start doing Jock and Nerd. Yeah. And around the same time, I start looking for new writers specifically in the New York area because um, various reasons we need writers in the States and we need new writers over here. So Veronica, who has been a writer for us, uh, she's done like guest pieces and stuff. She emails me and she's like, hey, this guy, Mike, you might know him. He really wants to be a writer for you guys. And like he's doing another podcast. I was like, awesome. Send me his info. And so then that's how I got involved with Mike and with um, the Geek Chorus. Meanwhile, (laughs) you guys are doing an interview with Parviz. Parviz is hooking you up with Peter Kendall. Yeah. And... You got you, Imran. You then were on the Geek Chorus. Yep. yep. And that's how I heard about the Jock and Nerd. And then you hear us there. <laughs> I love this. So then, um, I'm like, okay. So in the the vein of a place saying your cape wanting to support indie creators of all kinds. Yeah. You know, we want to support not only comics but podcasts as well. I was like, well, let's support another podcast. Right on. So that's why I got in touch with you guys. So that's awesome. So many, I think it's what, was it four podcasts or yeah. three? Four, yeah. And four podcasts Imran, and a web series. You jumping on that random podcast helped us out. Uh, well, it, but none of this wouldn't have happened if I hadn't listened to another podcast by Dave Jackson who had talked about Clamor from New Media Expo and had I now downloaded it and started using it and got in touch and then Parviz contacted us. Like, this is like it's a, a crazy story. Yeah, yeah, it's like a quantum realm microverse in itself. <laughs> and it all comes down. Basically, we are honored to be, you know, for you to put our stuff on your site, man. It's so exciting. It's like we have a little home in London over there. Um, thanks to, for listening and, 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 and liking it. And, and I think it is a really good fit, like us and Geek Chorus and your site. Like, it's a nice geek nirvana space right there, man. Yeah, I'm happy to have you guys on the site. And for people who didn't catch that, they are on A Place to Hang Your Cape now. So you can listen to them there as well. Woo-hoo. Awesome. Uh, and A Place to Hang Your Cape is great. There's a ton of uh, very interesting articles alluded to by Imran with yeah. the guy writing about how Guardians of the Galaxy sucked. So. We're gonna have a lot of art. We're gonna have articles in our show notes from a place to hang your cape, and we'll be plugging the site. So definitely check that site out. And you, if you are looking for the Jock and Nerd podcast, can't find it on your uh, podcast platforms. A place to hang your cape is where you can find it as well. Yeah, you can find it everywhere. Go everywhere to get it. It's all good. Uh, where are most of your writers? Where do they, where are they from? Where do they live? 
Um, I mean, a lot of them are in the UK. Okay. Um, basically, I just put out ads on like various job websites when I need new writers. Um, but uh, like I said a few months ago, we put out an ad in New York, and I got like a ridiculous response. So oh, we got thirty new writers, and they're all American. Wow. So um, yeah, we have a lot of writers now. <laughs> I mean, there's as many uh, like geek sites and podcasts there are. the The space is still blowing up. There's still room for all different kind of varieties and personalities in this space. Um, I feel, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that also our our take on it is a bit more unique in yeah. the sense that, like, a, we really emphasize the indie stuff, where I don't think any other site emphasizes it in that way. That's great. Yeah, and that's really the key in this is, you know, a lot of shit we talk about. Yeah, everybody else, like literally everybody else is talking about it. But hopefully we try to bring one or two things that from people we know, from our personal experience, that only we uh, have that perspective. Um, Before we uh, we get into the news and all that stuff and kind of get into the, the meat and potatoes of the show and BS with you. Uh, since you have listened oh, to Oh, we it, haven't uh, started the fucking show yet? <laughs> no, not really. Oh, I thought you didn't we recorded were, it? I should, I should probably uh, press record then, huh? <laughs> but, uh, David, do you, uh, since you have listened to every show, well, just give us your thoughts on, on what we're First doing. First of all, that's wild. I hope we haven't damaged your brain. Yeah. Uh, for you to have to listen to all those shows. And, like, literally, that's why I was excited to talk to you because I think you are the first person we can actually talk to that has listened to, like, the majority of this horse shit that we put out so far. Well, I haven't listened to the Terminator one yet. Because well, I haven't a lot seen of the film yet, but I think almost every other one I've listened to. Oh, uh, well, yeah. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I really like the show. I mean, what hooked me at the start was, um, I mean, I've mentioned that a place saying your Cape does the episodic reviews of TV shows, Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which I really like reading on other sites as well. Um, like I always go to the, like the AV club and read their episodic reviews. Sure. Cause I think it's, it's like you're going on a journey of watching the show with someone else. Yeah. And I think that's really fun. And I think it was the same with you guys because, um, I usually like let the shows build up and then watch all the episodes together. And so as I was listening to you guys, I was actually watching most of the – or I had just watched oh, most shit. of the episodes. Wow. Oh, wow. So it was like really fun for me because even though it was like three months after you'd actually recorded it, it was kind of like you guys were still watching the same things I was watching. Wow. And that was really fun for me. That You know what? You just answered like a huge question for us. That's so interesting because to me, you know, we did the shows because – it was like the content was there. It was very easy for us and it just got us going. And then I'm like, are these shows evergreen? Like I would like some evergreen content, but I didn't think about the fact that, you know, you could go back and watch all these shows and then listen at the same time. Like it kind of is evergreen. And, uh, that is a great, uh, take on it. Like I did not thought about that. Anthony, we're going to have to keep doing the fucking shows then. (laughs) David, since you have been listening, since you got kind of caught on because we had the episodic shows where we were reviewing the episodes, what do you think of our transition during the summer from reviewing shows weekly to now kind of a bunch of random stuff? (laughs) I mean, I think you've you've picked some good topics for sure. I mean, the films are always good things to talk about. I think you guys have basically like a lot of the same content that we do because during the TV season, we have the same sort of stuff where like every day we're putting out a ton of articles on the episodes. And then in the summer it's like, okay, so what do we do now? Yeah. Um, And I think the fact that I think we've even overlapped on a couple topics. So I think that's That's a good sign. Yeah, no, that's great. And uh, to us, like I was, I got excited. We were worried first, but then 
I, we realized we had so many ideas and they just kept coming out and it's just been a ton of fun. And maybe I'll look for, I think, I, you know, when the show start, I think that'll be refreshing again to go back to and, and combine some of these. We just might have to do two shows a week. I don't know. We might have to. We'll see. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. I mean, I think the great thing for you guys is you're not stuck in a format. If you want to review the shows, you can review the shows. And if you want to talk about other shit, you can talk about other shit. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely have talked about other shit. I mean, I'm sure you listened to the UFC show, which was wildly different than anything we've ever done. Yeah, I, I didn't listen to all of it. But I, <laughs> what I listened to, I did like. I thought it was very just – it was very different, but in a, like, again, in a good way. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we, we've hit our stride yet. I think like we need like 40 or 50 episodes. But I don't – I feel it's silly to, uh, to stick to a format kind of this early on. Uh, and, you know, not have fun with it. Because really, this, literally, it's been four months. Like, what the fuck? 27 episodes and four months. What's wrong? We're insane. That's just nutty. I mean, I think that's something that I ran into when I first started to play Sanger Kate, because originally it was just going to be the superhero film genre. That was, like, all I was going to talk about. And then it was like, all right, well, I have to let TV in as well. If I'm going to talk about film, it has to be TV. And then it ended up being, well, yeah. might as well start reviewing comics and yeah. then spiral out from there. Uh, yeah, and everything like everything relates to like re- recently. I don't know if you saw our Twitter page, but I've just been obsessed with uh, "Hip Hop Family Tree" by Ed Piscor. It's I read the first volume all the way through. It's really good, man. It's amazing. It's like it's a throwback to like the '70s underground comics, the Ark Rum comics in style. But he has researched the birth of hip hop. And then I went back and I like watched old hip hop videos and I, I actually had old school hip hop on while I was reading it. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. Is that the one you mentioned in the, the last podcast? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of I want to get him on the show and I think we might, we'll do a show about hip hop family tree because it's like it's a great combination. It hasn't been done before. Uh, it, it's it's really good. If you like, especially if you like, even if you don't like it's like history. It's teaching history of uh, this music from its beginning. So. Cool. Well, David, what are these character series articles you've written? This looks interesting. Oh, so those were um, – so basically what I, one of the things I wanted to talk about is when I set out to do the site, I've mentioned this a bunch of times. It was I wanted to come up with a definition of the superhero film genre. Right. So the initial like 20 or so articles that I wrote are on that specifically. Um, I, that was like one article a week for like 20 weeks. Um, so – what I was trying to do is come up with like, what is a superhero? How is it that we always know when it's a superhero film, but just having powers and going through the superhero, going through the hero's journey, that's not enough to be a superhero because you have characters like Luke Skywalker and Harry Potter or even James Bond who kind of fit into a lot of the same things. When you think superhero is like someone with powers who saves people. Yeah. So like it was basically like using those as like ways to define what makes the superhero as a genre different, but also the characters different. Yeah, it's like a, a it's a hero's journey, but kind of a, a, an upgraded hero's journey, I guess, when you get powers and stuff. You know, these articles are great. Each one of these could be an awesome podcast episode in and of itself. I'm actually um, in the process of turning those and the other articles into a ebook. So oh. I'm hoping oh, uh, wow. to have that out. Um, maybe within a year. Listen, we <laughs> should we should have a discussion if you want to come on and like 
you can come on and we could tackle one of these articles at a time. And also, I would love and if any of your writers. I know writers are like they can be not the most outgoing, and that's why they write. Maybe they don't like the sound of their voice. A lot of people don't. But if any of them are interested in coming on and talking about their articles, we, we would love know, to have them. Yeah, on. we're more than welcome. I'll, I'll let them know. Yeah. Uh, we put that. Maybe, maybe Will come on and defend his view of Guardians. Guardians. Of the oh, that'd be really interesting. That actually. would be great. That would be great because you have two Guardians fans, right? And, here. and I'm a really shitty apologist, so this is going to be a great debate. Yeah, have you know? caught on to that, uh, <laughs> David? That he apologizes for everything. That even if it's bad, Imran tries to defend it. I, I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm trying. I haven't been. Uh, my new motto is "Fuck you, make it better." <laughs> oh shit. So I'm I'm try, I'm trying, and the show is kind of therapy for me. I'll get it out. I'll realize that hey, maybe uh, this should be better, and uh, I shouldn't fucking come up with excuses. Justify why? Yeah, I don't understand when, especially when you're not on payroll, why you justify why things could be bad. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm trying to be nice so people will listen to the show. I don't fuck it. See, see what I do because I'm a screen coming from that screenwriter background. I'm always like, well, this is how I could have done it better. Yeah, if I had written it. Oh, we can uh, get into that for sure in, in some of our discussion too of of uh, movies and stuff later. Let's, uh, David. Let's. Talk, you saw Ant Man, right? I did. I did. Let's talk about Ant Man a little bit. There's some interesting things that have come out after the movie. First of all, I said uh, tw- this was the 12th consecutive number one movie in a row for Marvel. And uh, Anthony, you were like, so what? Who cares? But we were both kind of right. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the stat is meaningless but very impressive at the same time if you think about it. So, yeah, the Marvel Universe, every – the 12 films, all of them have opened up number one at the box office. I had originally written that off as not meaning much. But it, we, we found an article that actually says it's a pretty good uh, stat. The, you know, it's, it's hard to do uh, if you think about it. Uh, how many other people – have done that with a franchise especially yeah that it says uh there's only four franchises uh with 12 or more feature-length films marvel star trek friday the 13th and james bond movies so uh out of those are we in the news segment by the way imran you never transitioned well there's no transition we're just talking shit (laughs) just talking shit okay all right you want to transition i think you missed the transitions yeah all right I like and for the listener, there's going to be some Ant-Man spoilers from here on out. Uh, we warned you. Don't there say you we didn't warn you. <laughs> uh, so anyways, that's that 12 in a row. Number one opening. I think it's I think it's pretty impressive. It is. But if you consider like. I mean, there's sort of two sides of it. The first half of it is not every superhero movie opens at number one, but the other side of it is it's Marvel, yeah. and you kind of ex- have like an expectation when, once you have that logo up there. That was my original point, too, to when Imran brought it up, is that as a big blockbuster, big blockbuster film, it should open up on number, at number one because usually big blockbuster films don't compete with any other films opening up that same weekend. So if it doesn't open up number one, then it's they, just a complete they, failure or right they from pick the start. The, they picked the wrong date. You know. uh, That's tr- true, but they can go up against like big um, animation films, like true. kids' films. And if you yeah. think that, you know, especially for superhero films, in, uh, sometimes, especially for Marvel, that can be a huge chunk of the audience. Yeah. So if you've got like Frozen out at the yeah. same time as Guardians of the Galaxy, which I don't think actually happened, but no. if you did, you yeah. might have lost a big chunk of the audience. Yeah. Well, they had they had Minions out while Ant Man was out here in America, so that there was a, that took a little chunk out of Ant Man. And actually, Minions has taken over 
if you look at the daily box office here in America, no, it's taken Minions over. has taken over. Ant-Man is the number one every day man, you since the weekend. Those uh, The animated films destroy, man. There's just tons of kids and families. And obviously, uh, but Marvel is kind of, they become like the Pixar of live action where anything they put out, it just goes, it's, uh, you know, everyone's looking forward to it. And it goes to number one and it's usually very good, so... Well, do you guys re- remember what happened last year with um, Guardians of the Galaxy and Ninja Turtles? Uh, Refresh our memory? Yeah, so happened? basically, and this is only for the U.S. domestic box office because I always look at the international stuff too, but it's in the U.S. Um, Guardians opens in number one. The next week, um, Ninja Turtles comes out and it goes straight to number one. And I think Guardians got down to at least number two, if not three. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. Then for the next... Three weeks after that, Guardians stayed at number one. And that has never been done, that a movie has been knocked out of position one. And fought its way back. And fought its way back for three consecutive weeks. Wow. Well, I didn't know that. I think the word of mouth on the Turtles movie probably killed that right away because it's goddamn Michael Bay, even though he didn't direct it. But well, there there is a sequel coming out to that. Yeah, of course. It made enough money. It made enough toys. They sold enough toys. No, it made enough money. And Rod, look at the box office. It made money too. I don't know. I I haven't I haven't seen it. I love only in one weekend. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just for you know, and I can't. He's I can't. I like the original independent black and white gritty violent. You know, Ninja Turtles from Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird. I don't like what they've become now. I don't know if I should watch it. No, like, don't. It'll ruin my childhood. Everything else. Uh. <laughs> what did you, uh, before we get on to the next bit of news, what did you think of Ant-Man, David? I thought it was really good. Um, I think a lot of people have used the word refreshing when yeah. talking about it. And that's definitely, because I, you know, I, I saw um, Age of Ultron twice. Um, so did I. I nice. One basically, like I saw it once in 3D, and it was just like, just I couldn't like look at. There's too yeah, much information, way too, too much. much. Yeah. Um, but like I thought it was good, but I definitely you can see like where like Marvel came in and was like, okay, you have to do this, and then Marvel comes in and says you have to do that, and then you know I felt like with Ant Man, it was very obvious the one scene where Marvel was like, okay, well you have to have a fight Falcon, right? Yeah. Because um, in that article you linked us from AV Club, yeah, that's a great article. We'll put it I, in look, I read yeah, that, yeah. And, and you can definitely see the uh, the holes in the. Why story the fuck and, was he there? I can't even remember. Yeah, exactly. He was it's, there to he, steal was, a part, but that part really meant nothing. It was a MacGuffin. He he does so in, in disagreement with the article. There is actually a shot of um, someone, and I don't remember whether it was Pym or Lang, putting that device on something to disrupt the security. It so like he does actually come back later. But oh, it's that's also right. Like, it was part of the heist at the end or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, to argue against the point of Marvel just throwing that in, though, it did kind of prove Ant-Man's powers a little bit, that he, he is someone that can t- you know fight a little bit. Whereas exactly. if, I, if you would have just had him fight Yellow Jacket at the end of the movie, you'd be like, where the hell did he learn how to fight? Yeah. So in my um, articles about the plot of any superhero movie, and especially the origin, yeah. um, there's very there has to be a scene where he like dem- not only de- so there's the learning how to use the powers, and then usually it's with the villain. Yeah. They have like their first fight, and he loses. Right. And this was interesting because it wasn't with the villain, and he also didn't lose. And he didn't lose when he was still learning. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, you know despite like all the crazy production history and issues this movie had, and uh, despite. The, uh, I, I thought they really pulled it off. 
it, it was it was a lot of fun. Like it, it could have really been a lot worse and a lot messier, but they tightened mm-hmm. that shit up a little bit. But again, it's still like you still have the same formulas. Like the hero is battling a, the, a version of himself again, and uh, like I like that part in that EV Club article is like, why didn't he just press the button on his hand to get bigger again that first time? Like, uh, and why didn't it accidentally get pressed? Wait, uh, but, so th- but there is a good reason why he didn't push the other button. He, well, he would have been if he was in the pipes. No, no, no. If you in the first, the first thing he does when he puts on the suit is he presses that button. Oh, it doesn't and it does work. Nothing. That's right. It does nothing. Yeah. So it's like, why would you press that button? Why He's would like, you think like, to press the button that just didn't work a second ago? Because that is the embiggening button, and you're already big. I don't. I don't know how that suit works. <laughs> No, it, his point does make sense. If you push a button and it doesn't work the first time, why are you going to push? Why it? Are we, why are you going to push it again when you're small? Because why you, would you assume that's yeah. what would get you bigger again? Well, you're in a different. Imran, what side are you on? You're in a, I'm confused now <laughs> because you're in a different state. I would be like, well, I press this one to go this, down. This is different of, of Imran. Sorry. He's usually the shitty apologist that apologizes for everything, but now he's arguing <laughs> against the movie, which is totally different. See, I like that. Yeah, fuck you. Make it better. Okay. (laughs) Um, I guess uh, we should go into some of these news links that we had. I liked that uh, they were talking about Captain America 3 and where we'll see the Wasp. Although we could have seen the fucking Wasp in the movie maybe. I thought we shouldn't have originally. But it's starting to bug me that whole bit about uh, Hope and like why did he just give her the suit? Like she's clearly better trained and she was ready and she knows how it works. Just fucking give her the suit. I mean, I, I understand, like, the choice not to put her in because yeah. you would have crowded the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true also. And you want that uh, father-daughter kind of parallel thing still before she gets into it. But uh, I guess Wasp will – it's not going to be in the Civil War, but she will debut possibly in Avengers Infinity War Part 1, which is like two years from now. 2018? Yeah. So over two Three years. years. Yeah. It's time for Ant-Man 2 before then. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, Do you think there's going to be an Ant-Man 2, uh, David? I think it, if it – it depends on the next couple of weeks. If it stays in number one this weekend especially, I think that there might be. It, but it depends because it, it didn't make a lot of money last week. Like it did open at number one, but it still made less than $100 yeah. uh, million, So I, th- I think it's going to make a – I think it will be all right in terms of the box office. But it's going to – I mean it's not, it's not a sure thing for sure on if it's going to make enough money to, to justify a, a sequel – I think I think they're just going to have him be a, a bit player in the next, like sort of like the Hulk, which is kind of sad because sure. I want to see Michael Douglas and Evangeline Lilly a little more. But I think that you can't really evolve those two characters, um, evolve the Wasp at least, without bringing in Pym. Like you can't exactly. just have the Wasp show up. Yeah. Yeah, Hank, uh, and we got to see more of Hank's past. And I mean, you heard our Ant Man show; like he's got, he went through some shit. Wait, hold up. Sorry, I want to see that movie from the eighties. Uh, which one? Oh, yeah, like, Ant Man. I want to see Ant Man in the eighties, like Cold War Ant Man. Oh yeah, I definitely want to see that. When like, are we going to see that? Yeah, and then I th- that was the other thing is that they they had a alternate opening, and it was mostly about Hank Pym on a little mission, but they they didn't use it because they felt it was a little disjointed. It was like almost a little. It could be like on the DVD. It was like a little mini movie about Hank Pym. In the the Cold War era in the '60s, that would be awesome. I would love to see that. That is actually there is rumors or rumor or speculation. I wouldn't say rumors. I, I don't think I've read anything from Marvel, but speculation that they could make an Ant Man film that's sort of a prequel, worth especially with the 
the way they were able to de-age Michael Douglas in the beginning, maybe yeah. have a, uh, a, you know, a movie where it's him in the 60s, 70s, 80s doing espionage and stuff like that. That de-aging was it. it was really good. I didn't it didn't even I didn't even notice like it it just looked natural. I was like this he looks amazing. Like how did they do that? I was laughing so hard through that scene because all I could think of was like the whole thing about like she's um being aged up, yeah. they're being aged down. Yeah. And John Slattery just shows up. He's in the middle. He's just himself. <laughs> He's like, Well, I don't get any makeup or CGI. What the fuck is this? He's like, No, you're the perfect age. These guys are not. Uh, I love how fun. Marvel like switches back and forth between using John Slattery and then the other guy who plays Howard Stark from the TV show and Captain America First Avenger. Like they keep switching, but so they have two guys they can go to. With uh Dominic Cooper. Dominic Cooper. Cooper, yeah. Wait, Anthony, remember I was listening to an old show and you had mentioned like uh there was some spoilery thing about maybe Bucky had killed Tony Stark's parents, Howard Stark. Right. When when, when in the MCU does Howard Stark Die obviously after 1989 so before 2008. At, uh, honestly, actually, I just watched the scene with uh, in Captain America: Winter Soldier where he they confront Zola in the computers, and he flashes up an article where Howard Stark dies in a car crash. Oh. It's in 1991, and he basically says that it wasn't an accident uh. that he died in this car. And it was 91, I believe. So that was the one uh, rumor. So Captain- two years later, after that scene, Howard Stark's dead. And then in Civil War, Chadwick Boseman playing Black Panther, he's going to be hunting Bucky, which is maybe why they have uh, Bucky in that little uh, end credit scene. What do you think was going on there, David? Um, Well, there's rumors that, like, Stark finding out that – or Tony, I guess, finding out that uh, Bucky killed his parents. Yeah. That's going to be, like, the spark that sets everyone against each other. Like, Like, if Captain America is defending Bucky – and Stark is like, this guy fucking killed my parents. Yeah. Like, you, you can't have him on the team. We're not going to make him an Avenger. Um, yeah, that's a huge like, I totally get that. I think yeah. what was going – so going back to your question, I think what was going on is, like, they found Bucky and there, it's probably in during the Civil War. Like, it's definitely yeah. started. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because he said that's a daily from the sh- the set of Civil War. That scene was literally ripped from a daily of their shoot them shooting the movie. So these accords or whatever, but do you yeah. think they're 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 brainwashing him, or what? Anthony, what I, did you think I was mean, going on? Because we both. Had I, I originally ideas. thought Bucky got his arms stuck in there because he was trying to get out. But after further thinking, I have rethought what I was said last week or at last podcast, and I think Falcon has trapped him in that uh, vice. And they're trying to figure out what to do with him. But what do you think, David? I mean, when the when the shot opened and you saw him just with the vice on, I that's what I thought too that he was trying to get it off. Um, but it was also like I, I don't know. I mean, I've kind of gone through the same yeah. thought process to be honest. I think that yeah, they probably caught him, um, and now they just don't know what to do with him. But I don't know why they would be calling Scott. Like, I know that I think you guys are made up in the geek chorus mentioned that like maybe there was like a chip in his brain they had to get out for the deprogramming and like only Scott would be small enough to do the surgery, something like that. But I don't, I don't yeah, know. I don't, well, that, that's that's why I thought they originally Bucky got himself stuck in there, and that's why they were calling Scott because Scott could shrink down and get him out. But then I then which would support my first theory. But then the second theory is that they they got him and they trapped him in the vice. So. 
yeah, yeah, why would they I mean, that's the only enough? way you can fucking hold that guy, dude. You have to immobilize that goddamn arm or you're dead. So correct me if I'm wrong, but in, during the comics in Civil War, um, yep. it's right yep. after Winter Soldier. Doesn't Bucky, isn't Bucky like working for Nick Fury during that time? He is, yes. Um, um, so clearly they're not going that way. In the yeah. No, well, I, I've, re- I've read rumors that uh, it's not, they're not really copying much from the storyline of Civil War. Yeah. It's, it's the, the Superhuman Registration Act is not really a, a thing here. It's a little bit more. And uh, I've also seen that I think Fahey might have quoted, been quoted saying, even though there's a ton of characters in this, a lot of them are just window dressing and it is really just a personal conflict between story. Stark and, yeah. and, and, uh, and uh, Steve Rogers. That's interesting. They've taken like the Superhero Registration Act, but they made it really personal with these two guys, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I'd heard that it was like more about um, making superheroes accountable or like, right. like uh, dealing with the consequences. Well, which makes a lot of sense because every Marvel film except Ant-Man, a city has been destroyed or a block or something has been destroyed which would get national attention. Which is why I really liked Ant-Man. The, the yeah. fight was in a briefcase. Yeah, in a, fight was in a briefcase. <laughs> and in, a, in, in a, a girl's home, a, a train set. On a train set. It was so good. Oh, man. Uh, oh, I, I was reading – this article this morning, uh, I'll try to find the link for you guys. It's about how, like, What's getting it? the rights for Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, I, I just read that, too. They had to, uh, they had to go <laughs> in. They're like, you can't tie anyone to the tracks. Thomas can't look evil. Thomas yes. can't hurt anything. And, uh, and they really – I mean, they could have used any train – but I think that they, those concessions were good because Thomas the Tank Engine for me was a good. You need Thomas in there. Because I, the, I I got yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I also don't think that it like those con, those conditions hurt the movie in any way. No, no not like, at all. they totally yeah. like it. They it, like, it works. It fits in the tone of the whole thing. Yeah. When exactly. he's when Thomas the Tank Engine's on his side, giant next to the house, and his eyes are just swaying back and forth, I'm just cracking up the whole time. <laughs> Yeah. Did, did you guys see this thing that Ant Man was almost made by Howard Stern? I did see that. It was I saw uh, that too. he was uh, a lot of people, but he was a huge Ant Man fan, just like Edgar Wright, because Edgar Wright just wanted to make the movie. And 15 years ago, he had a meeting with Marvel, tried to buy the rights. How uh, bad would that movie have? Been? Oh my God, would he have been in it? Would he have just produced it? Uh, he'd be like, ooh, ooh, what, what I do to you? I shrink down. Oh, I can't even do Howard Stern. Fuck God, I, I just imagine that as being like. Ant Man, but with like dick jokes all throughout. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that would be like, what would he use the the enlarging shuriken for? It would, like, be, yeah, it would have been an entirely inappropriate different movie. That's all it would. That's what it would have been. He also the shower scene would have been a lot different. <laughs> there would have been a lot more boobies in Ant Man. Maybe he would have made it better. I don't know. Uh, oh shit! I guess he was also rumored to be. He was going to play Scarecrow in one of Schumacher's and Schumacher's third Batman movie. Well, I'm glad none of these things happened. This all sounds horrible. And then there was an alternate ending, uh, which it's really not even that big of a thing. What was the alternate ending? Uh, the alternate ending was that he was going to uh, Martin uh, Mitchell Carson, played by Martin Donovan, you know, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that works for Hydra that went bad. Uh, he kind of gets away with the cross, some of the cross particles. And originally, uh, Ant-Man's final fight was going to be stopping him and oh, getting yeah. the particles yeah. back. But instead, they kind of left it out there for, uh, you know, Ant-Man 2 or whatever reason in the Marvel Universe. These cross particles could show up anywhere and cause any kind of damage and, and, and stuff. So 
Yeah, yeah. I like that better. Yeah. I, I think that if they had done another fight after that one, yeah. it would have really diminished the impact of yeah. him saving his daughter like that. Yeah. You know what it would have done? It would have reminded me of Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man 2, yeah. when oh, uh, yeah. Like, oh, defeats Electro, over. and yeah. then all of a sudden Green Goblin shows up out of nowhere. That and you're fucking like, Wait, movie. this movie's not over? Because at that point of the movie, dude, you're so – you're just like, okay, that was good. The movie, it's all been resolved. It's great. Like it was – Perfect, right there. It should have fucking stopped. I'm not going to go as far as saying it was oh perfect, God. right? I mean, there, it wasn't Ron. perfect, but it would have hey. been a lot better. I'm just saying, it just it didn't make any sense. Uh, you you got Electro saying it's time to blow out my birthday cake. It's my <laughs> birthday. Uh, my, so my buddy Will, who hates uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Amazing Spider-Man Two, he like fucking hates it so much, and oh, he good. just can't stop talking about how like. <laughs> Like one of his big questions is like, is the the dubstep um, like soundtrack? Yeah. Is that diegetic? Is that like, is it Electro doing the soundtrack the whole time? And oh. if so, like, why does he have dubstep powers? That's a good. That's a good point. He would <laughs> I be... thought you were gonna say your friend Will loved it, and I would have probably shut off this podcast. You know what? And a- Electro would have been like the fucking badass EDM DJ in the whole fucking land if he just uh, used his powers for good instead of evil. Can you? Do you catch that? when Electro is when they're fighting in the? Um, electric yard or whatever the hell it is and he's playing itsy bitsy spider at, with like with the those uh electric poles and he's hitting each pole and it's hitting a note on itsy bitsy spider oh it's playing that the music the, the music is playing as he's fighting him yeah. but electro is causing it. it's not the background i think i did like, see that none of that makes it better no, no exactly no i'm just saying how bad the movie he's is. A mu- it's jamie fox it's his new hit record that's coming out he's it's, just it's, as, it's, it's as if joel schumacher decided to make amazing spider-man 2 but that scene that's, was fucking awesome it looked awesome like the action the, the, it's fucking the, awesome the you just said it. i just told you that they're playing itsy bitsy spider well, just, in the background just turn the sound off it's and watch not it. awesome. <laughs> Not well, awesome. It's not awesome. Listen, Imran, you, shut you, up. You turn the sound <laughs> off and you just watch it as like a, a fucking cutscene from a video game. I don't know. I just like the visual effects. Emma good, Stone but. is up there figuring out how to turn on the electric yeah. grid how and there's she, a button that says off. on. Yeah, on and off. How, and how she's she, trying to figure out how to turn it on. Couldn't find anyone else to do that. Yeah. People, people are actually calling it the, the, the Batman and Robin of the spider-man franchise yeah so i could is. see that i could see that and it's like that. i didn't think it could get worse than spider-man 3 but jeez was i wrong <laughs> it was bad i could see that. imran are you, do you have anything to apologize can you can you defend the movie please? i'm sorry that i'm an apologist how about that how about that <laughs> oh, uh, all right how about we have uh our you know we love devin Faraci from birth movies death <laughs> he's written a couple of really fun uh neat articles uh one is called will we ever see marvel tv stars in marvel movies and, you know, we have discussed this before. David, I would love to know your thoughts on this whole thing and, uh, wh- you know, why. Well, let me just could- summarize the article yeah. for David if yeah. he hasn't read it. Have yeah. you read it, David? I think so, but go let for me it just, anyway. Well, for the listener, um, basically, it's not because Marvel TV and Marvel Studios have this divide and they don't work with each other. It's more along the lines of scheduling and, in that Marvel mm-hmm. movies are written out way in advance, whereas Marvel TV shows are written almost – during the week or as the show is filming. Yeah. So they could have Daredevil appear in an Avengers film, but then he may look totally different in the Marvel TV series. So they don't want to have that. They want to make everything. Plus they don't know where Daredevil is going to be in the TV show when that movie eventually. So the production schedule, yes, it makes it, it makes it limiting. And everything that airs on Marvel, whether it be TV or studio or 
or movies airs in real time. So yeah, that I thought to... was interesting. Like literally, Ant Man takes place months after Age of Ultron, just like they came out. I kind of that's kind of neat the way they put it on the real timeline. Yeah, I mean, I thought that article was that was the first time I'd heard like a good reason why they were keeping yeah. them separate. Yeah. Right, and like that that I could totally understand because like you don't want like Tony Stark showing up on um, Agents of Shield and then like you know two months later the movie comes out and it's like wait. Why? Why is your chess piece different? Why, yeah. like, you know, why? Why is it that this new invention that you created that could totally solve this problem uh, that was from Ages of Shield? Like, you know, I also think that like the reason. The other reason I heard is like that they're keeping the two things totally separate to the extent that like Coulson is dead in the movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Coulson like, is dead. I mean, that, I th- I feel like they weren't pl- definitely not planning to have Coulson ever be back. So, but Fury is but, dead and alive and in the movies. But is it like is, no, I, no, Fury, no? Like they, they just think he's dead. But it's it's more dead. like why are they doing all this cool stuff on Agents of Shield and then not talking about it in the movies? They just yeah, we always thought, always been he weird. Just funnel, like you could just yeah. funnel viewers back. Yeah. Uh, now, but is that alienating to people who maybe have not seen the show and just watched the movies or the other way around? Like, we thought they were willingly ignoring the Marvel TV universe, but it's like they kind of have to ignore it so things don't get so messy. Uh-oh. Here's the apologist. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, but the, the other thing is like, okay, great. So they have to keep things simple. That's that's a fine argument. Yeah. But what about the opposite, which is like you have – you're tying the movie, you're tying the TV show into the movie. Like right. they're clearly referencing Avengers. Yeah. If you did like even like an offshoot of like, oh, you know, I heard like Shield is like still coming back. Tune in next like, week. Back to the like, movie. No, no, no. It's just like I heard that like yeah, like I know Hydra took it over. Yeah. But, like, have you guys heard that like Shield is like yeah, reformed a little that. bit? That's all you need. One line in Avengers. Yeah, like because Maria Hill could just be like, oh yeah, I've been yeah. talking to the new Shield guys. As a viewer, yeah. it, it sucks because I watch I watch Agents of Shield obviously every week, and I've invest so much time in this, and then I watch it, and they're you know they're trying to pan- tie it into the movies, and they keep saying, hey, look at us, look at us, and then when you see the movies, and then that they don't acknowledge the TV show at all, it's like. What the point? What's the point of even watching this TV show? They don't even care. Yeah, the, I mean, it was the movie makers at least don't care. It was especially disconcerting in Avengers. It just very, it just didn't help the experience from going from the show to the movie and back. It was just kind of laughably tacked on there a little bit. I mean, the other side of the argument though is that maybe they'll uh, they'll benefit from being separated more. I mean, look at Daredevil and look at um, Agent Carter. Like those yeah. were completely separate from the movies, and they were like the better shows. True. Very true. Man, I would love to see Daredevil though show up in and hey, one of the fucking movies. So, so I've talked know. to Charlie Cox. What? Oh, what? Hold yeah. on. Oh shit. Okay, continue. <laughs> no, I met him a couple months ago on a press uh, a press thing. Um, I actually specifically asked him like, "Are we going to see you in any of the other movies?" And he was really like, um, kind of like coy about it. But then he was like, "Yeah, I've." signed options for everything like wow. so he's optioned wow. for agents of shield for um any of the netflix shows and any of the future adventure movies so the option at least on the actor is there so if he he has to commit to it yeah wow so, can you imagine okay. though wow. um i mean i definitely i agree with him i want to see daredevil eventually in a film just because his character is awesome but can you imagine now watching after having seen ant-man and then now watch it go. If you turn on Daredevil, just how wildly different the tone is in those <laughs> those two properties. 
Paul, well, can you- <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? li- literally, like that's we were talking about that too. Like, because um, I was at like a roundtable interview with him, so it was other people chiming in. So we were saying, like, what about the fact that like Daredevil is not for kids, no. but Avengers is. Yeah. So how like you couldn't have like Daredevil coming in and beating someone to a pulp while Captain America throws a shield around. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like they were talking like that. I think is actually a much more valid reason to keep him out of the movies than anything else. And it's also like you don't want a five year old going. I have I don't know Daredevil. Why can't I watch the Daredevil show? I mean, the Netflix stuff is a lot like their Marvel Knights imprint, which it was. It was for mature audiences. It was a little darker. It was grittier, but it was all kind of every Marvel Knights title was in the same kind of dark universe. Uh, Do you think we see it, David? Do you think we eventually see? some of the defenders in a Avengers film? I think we will. Um, but I think what it'll be is more like montage where it's like you cut yeah. away, you see like Luke Cage and, and Daredevil and, and Iron Fist like um, saving people in their part of the city, but like right. maybe yeah. cut away and you see other heroes doing things around the world or like in the same way that like maybe they're doing that there and then you see Quake like in China defending something. Right. Like, you know, like totally random things. They're, they're all like, like kind of defending it. their portion of the world and then kind of looking up in the sky as Thanos is destroying everything. Oh, that would be so exactly. great. But like in a way that you could still have all the shows and, t- and movies be separate, but still like, oh, there's like a tip of the hat to you guys. I mean, I feel like if they can culminate to like Avengers Infinity War Part 2 and then just everyone who has been in a Marvel movie or TV show is in that fucking movie for like a cameo, whatever. It's like, just shove everyone in that movie. It'd be awesome. Random thing. Remember, Imran, when we talked about how phase two has been a big, they bit, did a big Easter egg to Star Wars with the, the hand getting cut off. Oh, yeah. Where so is the East Star Wars one in Ant-Man? Ant-Man, his arm falls off first. Yellow Jackets, when he's getting shrinks. sucked in. Shrinks. Oh, they that's shrink. right. He shrinks and his arm off. If you actually look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season two. Yeah. Coulson gets well, yeah. his arm chopped off. Yeah, yeah. And I just watched the episode last night of Daredevil where the Japanese guy gets his hand cut off by stick. Oh, yeah. So they, they've done it in literally every property. Every time somebody gets a hand. Oh, phase two. Uh, yeah. all, uh, that's so great. Also, I missed another uh, – I, I mentioned Garrett Morris cameo, but I forgot to mention why uh, the cameo is so great. Garrett Morris, uh, of course, one of the – original members of Saturday Night Live sketch comedy show. But in the 70s, late 70s, like the first or second season, they did an awesome skit. It was a superhero cocktail party. And everyone was dressed up as superheroes. And Garrett Morris was Ant-Man. And like the Hulk and Superman were like teasing him about his powers. It's a hilarious skit. I'll put a link to that in the show notes at uh, jockandnerd.com slash 27. But clearly Peyton Reed, his comedy background came through in this movie, which is, I kind of loved the comedy in the movie. Like, it was primarily like a comedy. It was like a comedy action did, heist. Did you catch, um, I don't know if you guys caught this, but I, when we and Imran were talking about the show last week, or um, the movie last week, we were talking about how we could point out the obvious Edgar Wright references, such as Michael Pena telling the story, mm-hmm. or uh, them playing the cure while they're fighting inside oh, yeah, a briefcase. The disintegration, yeah. I've actually read that those are actually Peyton Reed add-ons. Those are not Edgar Wright. Really? Yep. Wow. I've read online that those – I've read oh. that through your boy Devin Faraci. Wow. That those are actually totally, Peyton Reed add Because Edgar Wright does that, that quick cut storytelling thing all the time and, and all he the He was Sean basically movies. making the point that you really can't point out all the Edgar Wright stuff. That people to, think yeah. that there's Edgar Wright stuff but yeah. they don't really know. So stop giving credit to Edgar Wright for I, all I would stuff. love to read that. 
original script. David, how do I get that original script? Do you know a person? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll speak to some people. See, there see we I go. <laughs> I like having David calls. on the show. Yeah, I, I think it did leak. Well, I mean, we, we were, did. Um, we have on our site. Uh, we still have the original uh, test footage that he shot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Which if it's a, they think they basically just did that in one of the scenes when he's like fighting the guards. It's pretty much the exact same scene. Yeah. Um, but uh, the script was rumored to be leaking, to or not really leaking, rumored to be in circulation, like on the interwebs. I'm very curious because I've also heard other people mention that bit about that Edgar wanted to make a movie about an ant that turns into a man size thing instead of the other way around. Have you heard that, David? I heard other people I, talk about that. I did. I also heard that, like, as soon as it became an MCU movie, like, that was never going to happen. Oh, no, of course not. Yeah. Like, I feel like you wanted to make, like, a horror movie. It was like a, like a pulpy horror movie or something. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could see that working, but it would not be a superhero movie. It wouldn't. No. It would just be, like, you, would, you could make that same movie and call yeah. it Ant-Man. It just yeah. wouldn't be, like, Hank Pym, Ant-Man. It wouldn't yeah. be Ant-Man Scott really Knight. at all. Yeah. Hey guys, it's the Jock here from the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Want to thank you for listening to our show. Shout out to podcast.ph in the Philippines for carrying our show, distributing it across the world. Since you are listening to this show, you could go on to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spreaker, whatever podcast platform you are listening to the show on. And give us a quick review as well as subscribe. It really helps the show, helps get our content out there for people to find much easier. Thanks again for listening to the show. Back to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Uh, this next uh, bit of news, its I think this has been debunked. Basically, Devin's written another article uh, titled, Is This Our First Look at the New Spider-Man Costume? But this goes back to this weird Twitter account about from the Russo, the brothers, Russo right. brothers. But apparently the Russo brothers never had a Twitter account, don't plan to have a Twitter account, don't use Twitter. Other people put stuff on their account for them, but uh, Devin kind of has fun playing the game and indulging like maybe this. Where did you see that it was debunked? Uh... Uh, James Gunn. Yes, James Gunn. Gunn, Yes, in the article. Yeah. But then he took that tweet down. Oh, really? Yeah. If you look at, like, who's been following that account, it's people that have been working on the film. Right. That's why people are like, maybe this is – are they fucking with us? They might be fucking with us. Also, in this – is it this article? Another guy, one of the commenters writes – uh, uh, he works out in California for the studios that make these costumes. And he's like, there's only about – two or three studios that make all the costumes for everything. So like some of these costume shots could have come out from there. Uh, I don't know if they're fucking with us. It looks like the superior, like a black and, and red Spider-Man costume, kind of like superior Spider-Man. Yeah. Or it's just fake. Well, the black and uh, red costume is actually the original Spider-Man costume. Right. They, they used to that, use blue right. to accent yeah. everything. Blue has always special. been the, the accent for hair. That's why Superman's too. hair yeah. looks blue. Yeah. Blue highlights. It's just the – it's a, you know, it's your cartoon, cartoon language. Uh, I don't know. I either – I don't know. Well, whoever made this account is, did a good job of getting people all up in a tizzy. That's for sure. The account is just uh, at Russo underscore brothers. So – I had a look at the tweets. I mean, it's just like it's not even like you can't see anything. It's just literally no. look like looks like a piece of black and red fabric. Yeah, those all of them could be fucking random photos from everywhere made to look like they're something. People speculated that one with the goggle is like 
his eyes and that his guys will finally emote a little bit in the film. I know. I don't know. I think people are just reading a lot into this. I yeah, think I don't somebody's know. fucking with us and we have nothing and by his to do. eyes. I mean, Spider-Man's eyes. Yeah. Which well, I love that idea because I kind of see that happening in the Deadpool. Like it looks like they're enhancing his eyes so that they do squint and stuff just like you would see it in the comic book. Um, I've CGI, always, I yeah, I've always wondered how would you do that with Spider-Man? Cause in the book, it's a huge part of his expression and his look. But it should be yeah, CGI was, and not mechanical, like this little plastic cup holder thing, whatever it is. Yeah, definitely CGI. I mean, I, I totally was going to say the de- the Deadpool thing with um, the eyes. But I think that, like, because when you're behind the mask, you, you can't see the face. Like, no. you can't see the emotion no. and stuff. But I think that's why in the Amazing series, they kept having him take the mask off. Yeah. Well, that that's was, why they, yeah. they do that for every, with every hero. They, if they wear a mask, they take them off, number one, because actors get paid to show their face. <laughs> and they don't want to be behind a mask. But number two, yeah, you, do, you don't see expression. So I, literally yeah. every – like if you look at Captain America, his mask always ends up off. Iron Man, his mask always ends up off by the end of the film. I, will you think we'll ever get to a point where they will be comfortable enough to leave one dude in the mask like the whole time uh, just until the end? Like – I think that would be a really meaningful uh, way to do it also, to flip it around. They have. Judge Dredd. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean. Gotcha. Boom, Imran. Oh, boy. I got it. He got me. Yeah. Had to drop it. In the new one, one, right? The newer one? Yeah, yeah. The Carl Urban. Yeah. Is that a good one? I haven't seen that. It's it's pretty good. I've I've actually, I think I've only seen half of it, but, um. We, we actually spoke to – and Jesus, I'm forgetting the name – but the creator of Judge Dredd oh, this weekend. Really? At the Comic-Con. Yeah. And he's like, I, I hate the Stallone one and I love the Carl Urban one. <laughs> I actually – I discovered Judge – this is a good segue. I discovered Judge Dredd uh, when I visited – I have relatives in Leeds. Uh, who is the cre- – hold on. John Wagner? Yeah, that sounds right. John Wagner created Judge Dredd, artist Carlos Esquiera. I discovered Judge Dredd, uh, summer of 1989, uh, from 2000 AD, a large weekly, uh, anthology science fiction comic book series that comes out in the UK. I'm sure you've seen these, right, David? Oh, absolutely. They have booths at all the Comic Cons. Yeah, I have a lot of the old ones. And uh, they were great, uh, because they were just like literally on newsprint, really low quality newsprint. But it would come out every week and there was different – like there would be a Judge Dredd story. There would be oh, – I'm forgetting some of the other crazy titles that come out of it. But basically, here's my story. I've been – I have relatives in, in Leeds uh, and summer of 1989, I was my first summer away from home in London by myself with my cousins and my uncle. Now, do you guys – you were all you – were, you were very young. Do you remember what came out? Well, I remember what happened in the summer of 1989. George Bush was president. And in the summer of 1999, Batman was coming out. Oh. Uh. It was huge for me. I had read the novel. I had bought Wizard. This is pre-interwebs, people. We didn't have no fucking screen rant or nothing would be leaked. All a you place saw, to hang your cape? There was no place to hang your cape. There was, <laughs> there was no place to see. It was You had to buy the magazines to see everything. I was so geeked. Well, check this out. I leave... For London, for Leeds, to be, visit my relatives the day before the goddamn movie comes out in the States. I'm so pissed. I'm there all summer, and my return ticket is also scheduled the day before the movie is released in the UK. 
<laughs> so after waiting for this movie for like a year, I fucking miss it at both ends. And I was like, oh, well. And then the worst thing was, like, my dad had sent me a postcard when I was there. And he goes, yeah, I saw Batman. I was kind of disappointed. I was like, what the fuck? Why are you telling me this over a postcard? You're ruining my whole experience. Uh, but I loved And that's when I kind of fell in love with Leeds. Like, I loved my family there. The room, I, they had the room I stayed in, was had Superman wallpaper uh, on the wall. And it, that's really where... I really fell in love with hip-hop. I was introduced to hip-hop, and I was introduced to, like, independent comic books. Like, I had been reading superhero comic books for years, but then I got introduced to, like, Love and Rockets and uh, really adult stuff, uh, like Dark Knight Returns, because my my, uh, older cousin was into all this stuff. Uh, But, man, that was a crazy summer for me. That's also the summer that I stopped being a little shit. I was 13, and I was a kind of fucking little annoying asshole shit that thought... The world revolved around him, you know, as a lot of teens are. And, you know, you all have those uncles that'll just fucking set you straight. That'll let you know how it is. They don't give a shit. My fucking uncle, we went, we drove around. We rented a car, went from Dover to Calais, drove to France. It was a nice little trip. I must have been such a little shit because all I remember (laughs) is at one point we were staying at some guy's house and he was washing the dishes. And I was, I don't know what I was saying. I think I was just like being an obnoxious ass kid. He fucking turns around and throws like a glass plate on the ground in front of me. Wow. Right? That's all he does. And like he walks away. And then uh, literally at that moment, I'm like, oh, I guess the world doesn't revolve around me, huh? I guess I am a little asshole. I guess I am a little (laughs) shit. But I still credit that moment to this day for helping me realize that uh, don't be a little shit and fucking grow up. And like that, I was changed from then on. That's all it took. It did really change you because you're not. I know you personally. You're not a little no, shit. Oh, my God. I was. So, I would throw tantrums. I was so obnoxious. Like, I'd fucking want toys. I'd want what I want. You know, like little kids are. And uh, I just – I needed something to snap me out of it. So I thank you. And I will always have fond memories of Leeds in that room. And- you, because of that moment, you grew up to become Miss Marvel. I, I'm Miss Marvel. <laughs> Geek winner. Uh, anyways, random fucking story for no reason. But – uh, they don't live in Leeds anymore. They live in London, actually. Some of them moved to London, and I've, I haven't been there in a while. I want to come visit. I like London. Well, if you do, let me know, man. Yeah, hell yeah. Now we can hang at the comic book store. That'd be awesome. We can yeah. hang at the comic book store. <laughs> do you live uh, like in the uh, near the city or in the suburb? Yeah, uh, I'm in zone two. So zone like, two. There's like, so like uh, London has like concentric circles of the tube. Uh-huh. So like the inner city, like the very center of the bullseye is zone one and I'm in like the outskirts of zone two and it goes up to like zone five. So are there still tall buildings and stuff? There's no tall buildings in London in general, but yeah. Yeah. There's like, there's the shard and like that's, it just like sticks out and you have the, the London eye, but like the skyline's mostly lower. Yeah. They they don't really do skyscrapers that much out there. Uh, There's really no need for it. I mean, come on. I think you also can't just like, um, so I know for instance in DC, like, you know, there's like this whole thing about like no building can be taller than the Capitol. Yeah. Right. The reason for that is actually because, um, so DC is built on a swamp, which means that the soil is so weak that if you build anything bigger than that, it'll start sinking every year. Uh, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't think like, I mean, the UK is a large island, but you don't want to start piling weight on it. Do you? Yeah. It's probably well, plus, not a good idea. Well, I, well, you debunked this room. I thought it rained every day. So my theory <laughs> was maybe the the ground just is just erodes. always moist. Yeah. Well, I mean, even when it does rain, it's like the, the saying is if you don't like the weather in London, just wait 10 minutes. That's what they say in uh-huh. Chicago. <laughs> 
the same saying. Because you have an, you're on a, an isthmus, is that right? Between two lakes. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah yeah. Oh yeah. It's similar. It's similar yeah. weather. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Similar yet different. We get the yeah. crazy hey, snow. Where is Hillingdon? Do you live in Hillingdon? We started My getting a lot. If the states is bad, like over here. <laughs> Come on, we... man! You, you, London, England, you, the UK isn't is what the size of New York. It's uh, not that big. Come not... on, you got to know where Hillingdon is. <laughs> we were getting. <laughs> it's over there. Yeah. I can't see, but I'm actually pointing in the exact. It's that way. Oh, it's that way. Oh, good. There it is. Okay, north, northwest. Okay. Uh, we've just been getting a lot of downloads from Hillingdon, like neighborhood of London. I guess I'm not exactly sure, but thanks for listening, you guys. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Maybe it's friends of mine. I've been talking you guys up. Oh, that's oh, we great. Appreciate we that. You know what? We, we really that. appreciate that because we love word of mouth. Yeah, I mean, that's the best way to get someone to listen. And, you know, as uh, as far as we've come in podcasting 10 years, it's still like a lot of people just don't know about it. You know, you just kind of have to show them how to get it and where to listen to it and what it is. And uh, then they get hooked. I, at Comic-Con, I literally had someone get his phone out and subscribe to you guys. Oh, wow. Wow. Wow, you deserve – you are awesome, dude. We can't thank you enough. That's fantastic. Well, he was like, I'm looking for some new, like, geeky podcasts about comics. I was like, get your phone out now. Yeah, you got a whole got bunch of – yeah, I got a whole bunch of – oh, so speaking of which, uh, on our Twitters, we had a little back and forth of an idea with Geek Chorus crossover – uh, to do a Superior Spider-Man show. Do you have any update on that, uh, Mr. Malofsky? Um We have a slight update, okay. which is that um, – so I spoke to Dan Slott about coming on that podcast uh, when I saw him at Comic-Con, and he has said a firm maybe. Whoa. <laughs> That's not a no. Um, he's basically said it depends on time because yeah. he's very far behind on his yeah. – um, work at the moment so. so you're saying there's a chance you're saying yeah there's a ch- and uh, you know of course you had asked the question but we are all willing to work around his schedule whatever he wants to do it i don't give a shit what i'm doing you want me to take off work i'm Fine. fucking there <laughs> i mean i mean i can't miss that i'm fucking there i mean i'll show up for it it'll probably be in the middle of the night yeah, over here right? i'll still show up for it <laughs> but that it's such a great idea so our idea was like just to discuss the whole idea of kind of superior Spider-Man and how do you refresh a character after 50 years and introduce more people while serving the old fans and keeping people interested. And for people that haven't seen this, read this and haven't been listening to our show and just briefly go over what superior Spider-Man was. Superior Spider-Man is a little series. It ran for 31 issues and a couple of uh, annuals. And there was also a, a team up, Side, But basically, Dr. Octopus switches minds with Peter Parker as his last final moment before his body dies, leaving Peter trapped uh, seemingly in Ock's body and Ock's brain in Peter's body. And he decides to become a better Spider-Man, a superior Spider-Man, and and take over and kind of uh, police the city, but using gadgets and uh, he, he... you know, he goes and gets Peter Parker uh, graduated and, and, and makes him a doctor. Oh, don't spoil everything. And so, uh, I mean, and then, well, I will, and, but then. Yeah, don't, don't spoil it all. No. Because right. I, I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I'm going to say. It's a, it's a, it's a. So my way to explain it is like it's basically using supervillain methods applied to superheroics. Yeah. And is that. That's what yeah. I think is the most interesting Ooh, part of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, if that's a better way to do it. But it's so good. Uh, like I mentioned before, like I had just kind of started getting back into comic books and then this happened. And I'm like, what the shit is this? And, you know, Peter Kendall, uh, 
was initially upset, but he also loved it because you're like, where's Peter Parker? We want Peter Parker. And I think uh, a lot of people were initially upset and then came around on it. Uh, but I think he, he – what he's doing, he's, it's amazing. That followed up by Spider-Verse. It's just so much fun and it's so perfect for this era of uh, Peter. Now they're rebooting a bunch of this stuff after Secret Wars. Uh, so we'll see what Dance Slot has in plan moving forward. I'm very, very excited. But yeah. Anything. What's that? I asked him. I was like, so what's next? Yeah. He was like, nope. Yeah. No, nothing. Damn it. Well, at least you asked. Good qu- well, I, re- I remember maybe like a, a year or maybe six months ago, people were asking Dan Slott what's next. And he said, if you think uh, Superior Spider-Man pissed a lot of people off, yeah. wait till I have what's next. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It's all very good. So our two-parter was basically we would just talk to him on that show and then we would talk about it on this show. It's like a two-parter. Like, the conversation continues. So you kind of have to go and listen to both parts. It'd be fun. That's yeah. the idea. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how that works out. Let us know what you need from us, David. Uh, you know, we're, we're on board, obviously. It's going to be awesome. Um, David, what do you uh, – before we get into this last bit of news, what do you, what do you geek out on? What's your, what's your thing? I bet I can guess what your favorite superhero is. What other – wait, really? Who, yeah. What do, you think my, what do you think my favorite superhero is? I'm going to say Daredevil. Wow. I feel like you're a big Spot Daredevil on. fan. <laughs> I don't know how I know this. I just have a feeling you are a big Daredevil fan. I mean, my cosplay might have given it away. <laughs> so what did you think of the, the show? I loved it. Um, I've, I've not only met uh, Charlie Cox, but last weekend in my Daredevil costume, I met the actor who played um, Nobu and um, oh, wow. Francis. Nice. And they, like, they saw me and they were like, it's Daredevil. Come over here, guys. Oh. We were like literally like, well, we actually wanted to interview you guys. He was like, you want an interview? We'll do an interview. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which one was um, Francis? Uh, he was the one. So like when Wesley goes off and gets killed, yeah. um, he's oh, the he one who the he like guy? doesn't tell and the, where he was going. And the guy like um, Kingpin like beats the show. Oh, that. oh okay. that's right. Okay. That's right. Uh, but yeah, I've been a huge Daredevil fan. So when I first got into comics, um, it was like early 2000s and um i got really into batman and then i sort of like ran through all the frank miller stuff and i was like oh well frank miller did daredevil maybe i should read some daredevil so like i started with frank miller's run on daredevil nice which you cannot start in a better place um and so i read that and like that was like right before the movie came out and i was so excited for the movie oh boy i'm so, so, I'm so no. sorry <laughs> about that that was bad quote. what 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 was bad about the movie in your opinion i, I just like um, to hear especially a, a daredevil fan such as yourself what what was what went wrong it just was it i i don't know it was just it's been a while since i've seen it but i think like bullseye just didn't do it for me and i felt like um like there just wasn't the whole like dark like they tried to go that dark route with him, but he, it was a PG-13 movie, and it was yeah. like, you don't get to see him be that, like, basically what you see in the show, where he's, like, beating people to a pulp, and, yeah. like, being, it's, like, real, and it's, like, that, and it was also, I don't, oh, God. What'd you think uh, of that, like what'd, you think of, what'd you think of the suit? I liked the suit. I liked the suit in that movie. Um, definitely looked good. I think Ben Affleck was okay. I don't think that any of the faults in the movie are his fault, specifically, but like, there's things like he he touches the wall when he walks in one scene when he's perfectly alone. It's like you're you're blind. Yeah, but why you, you can do see that? the wall? Like you, yeah. you know the wall's there. <laughs> you know everything's there. That's a good and point. It's like, yeah, you've lived um, blind all your life. You wouldn't be doing that, would you? 
No, it's it's if you were blind and legitimately blind, then you would do that. Yeah. You would absolutely do that. If you're daredevil, you and you're alone and not trying to like you know, fool someone and make them think that you're blind, then you would not do that ever. Yeah. yeah like this yeah. is the guy who does like parkour on buildings and shit. Like yeah. you're not gonna like need to run your hand along the wall. Fucking Charlie Cox nailed that. Like the way he played blind was so good. Like I know he went and he studied with the uh, hung out with actual blind people and, you know, kind of studied and uh, I totally bought it by the end, you know. You just you think he's by the end I bought it right away. Well right away. But yeah. th- throughout it you know, yeah. we got to spend so much time with him, and uh, he just nails it. It's so good. So the guy who actually taught him, his name's Joe Strachey, and I, I did an interview with him as well. Wow, um, it was much more interesting, I have to say, um, at the end, at the by the end, than the one with Charlie Cox, just because it was like this is a guy who doesn't get interviewed very often. Yeah. So like what he was saying was just new. Like most of what Charlie Cox said, it was sort of stuff that I, even though it was fun questions and stuff, it's still kind of stuff that I already knew. Um, but he was basically, he was saying that like Charlie would have him make videos of him, like doing stuff around the house and just okay. like watch him as wow. he was like doing this stuff because he, he is blind. So he was just watching videos of him doing things like making tea or like doing the laundry. And it was like, j- that's how into it he got. Wow. That's, that's great. Really, that's really awesome. Yeah, actually. That's, that, that's brilliant. And it's a gr- uh, great commitment. What did you think of the, the last costume reveal there? I thought Ben Affleck looked better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. – yeah. that was early. And I'm glad you went as uh, the ninja daredevil because that suit looks sick in the show. Like you are legitimately scared for this guy because you don't see him coming and you just get knocked out. And you're like, the fuck is going on? I mean I don't even see why he needs the red no, after that suit. No. Like, you just no. make it armored in like black armor. I, I believe it. Yeah. What's funny too about that suit is when it initially came out – not only me, but there was a lot of stuff online where it was like, this suit looks cheap. It doesn't look good at all. But then when you finally saw it in live action, I was like, wow, that's really practical. And it looks legit. Like, it looks really good. No, go ahead. As, some, as someone who's, who's worn it, it's also like, you can move in that. And like, if you talk to people who are like, cos- especially, you know, I talk to cosplayers all the time. And a lot of them, if you walk, watch them move, like they can't like move their shoulders or like they can't like, you know, bend their elbows properly. Yeah. And it's like that. Like in that sense, it's a very practical suit. It mm-hmm. looks comfortable. You look, you look damn good in it, though. I got to tell you, I'm like, you I'm look like Charlie Cox. You actually. do. You really do. Like the same like height and body type. I was like, your oh, body shit. type. Is, I mean, you have you been working out? He's David? been working out uh, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, we can talk about my my jock side. Oh, David has a jock side. I did not know that. This is interesting. Not everyone is as a nerd, Imran. God damn it! Why not? <laughs> not everyone sits around and is the highlighter that have the highlight of their weekend be a podcast. Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, Charlie Cox, he's from uh, England, right? Isn't he? Is he British? Yeah, he's British. It was. Yeah. It's really here weird. If you listen to any interview that he does, it it like especially right after I watched the show was when I did the interview with him. But if you listen to any other one, it just like his accent just completely threw me off. Yeah. I bet he sounds completely different. He doesn't is the thing. It's just the accent that changes. Oh, huh. And so it's like, it's even weirder. Cause for me, like I'm used to hearing, I'm so used to hearing British accents now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it was like hearing him talk different. Like it was, it was just like a mind fuck for me. How long have you lived uh, over there now? Um, I've been here like four, four and a half years. How come 
That's weird. Because when I went that summer, in three months, I came back and I had a goddamn accent, sort of. I was like ending everything up as a question. Uh, in four years, how come it hasn't really rubbed off on you at all? Like I didn't really hear any of it. Um, I mean, I still do that with the question thing. Oh, you do? Um, you hear that all the time. Like, it's just, yeah, what is the question thing? I don't know. It's I don't know just what that it's is. like, do you want to go cinema? Yeah. Uh, but it, uh, even a statement will end up going up like that uh, in pitch. You know, Australians do it. New Zealand people do it. It's all kind of from that uh, area. But me, I would start talking like them in like two weeks. I would be all in. I'd just be like, I'm just going to do British accent from here if I live there just to fuck with people. <laughs> I mean, it's the accent itself. Is not, I haven't caught, but basically every other part of um, like the vernacular. The yeah. yeah. So you like, call an elevator a lift? Uh, that's one that I've resisted quite heavily. <laughs> what about crisps or chips? Chips are fries. You have to. You just have to, to say ju- chips. Just so that you get the right thing. Yeah, because you'll confuse them. They won't know what the fuck you're ordering. And if you say fries at a chip joint, they'll just be like, what the like, They just look at you like, like get out. Come on, man. <laughs> so some yeah. of it is out of, uh, yeah, con- you know, cultural consideration, I suppose. Yeah. But like, you know, I say cheers all the time. Yeah. I say going on holiday. I said you. I will say, do you want to go cinema as opposed to do you want to go to the cinema? Or I also say cinema instead of movie theater. Uh, do you? And then they call the the seasons a series. Like our, our I've learned that from our lads, our friends in Three Six Five Flicks podcast. Uh, and, they, and that kind of confuses me too sometimes. But then it's just, confusing to no end. Yeah, especially when you hear the word series finale. Yeah, and you're like what? But, that's, but they just mean so. Then what do they call the fucking series? An actual series finale? A series oh. finale? Finale? I don't know. Yeah, they just call it a series finale. Like, just, the, the, or maybe like the fu- the finale or the final episode. Yeah, it's in seasons. That's uh, yeah, it's fun though. I love all the little idioms. Just so so people know, because um, this is a question I do get asked on a place to hang your cape. We call them seasons. Okay. And we do use a lot of American vernacular. Writers will write in whichever language that they come from. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I'm insisting on seasons. So you make them, do you go and like change it or you just tell them, please use these words instead for these articles? We have like a 10 page style guide that they oh, all have nice. to read. So. Well, it's well, good. When mean, Imran it revealed to me that it was based in, uh, in UK, I, I had no idea. Yeah. I thought it was an American website. Well, I think that's smart because like globally, I think that makes more sense for global readership, you know? I mean, we have writers not just from, like, we have writers in other countries, too. I think we have one in Greece um, and all over the place. It's more like if someone's writing from there, then people will read it from there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Do, yeah. do, uh, do the writers how – do how does that work? Do the writers have to write weekly for you or does it whenever they want? How do you, how do you police that? Um, it's mostly whenever they want. Okay. Um, I mean, they are paid in free comics, so oh, – that's, that's awesome. <laughs> um, it's really whenever they whenever they feel like it. Um, generally speaking, if you take on an assignment, it's due within one week, mm-hmm. um, and we do sort of expect at least like three to four a month, um, mostly. But like, I can't like really force people to write if they have other shit going on in their life. Right. Um, uh, who, but mo- mo- do they? Most of the writers. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Uh, do they pitch their own ideas, or is there like a? Do you pitch them ideas? Uh... It's both. Um, so I, I have two junior editors um, who are they're my sidekick. So I'm the editor in Cape. They're the two. They're the official sidekick and the junior sidekick. 
we come up with ideas together and then we'll like send out a big email being like, who wants these? And it'll include comic reviews or like film reviews or whatever. And people will snag them. Otherwise people will be like, Hey, you know, I just read this. I did, you know, some, the reason we have Thor is that someone was like, I just read Thor's and I want to write an article about yeah, it. And I was right like, go on. ahead. Fucking do it. Yeah. Uh, you can find all these articles, listener, ap2hyc.com, just because we haven't mentioned it in a while, a place to hang a cake, where you'll also find the Geek Chorus and the Jack and Nerd podcast. It's, uh, it's everything. It's audio. It's video. It's visual. Oh, man. You guys got everything. It's great. Yeah. David. We did the oh, launch video this week. What's Last that? Last week, we've launched, our, we've launched our YouTube channel. Oh, oh sweet. Tell, tell us about that. Um, so again, my buddy, Will, who, um, he actually, he used to be one of the editors. That's why he's like so high up in the site, but he's, he's our video hero now. Um, he basically is running our YouTube channel. Um, we did, so last week we went to LFCC and so we did, um, four TV shows that go to Comic-Con. Oh, cool. So it's like TV episodes where that are set during a Comic-Con. Nice. Oh, interesting. What's the, uh, what's the YouTube channel? It's YouTube slash AB2HYC. I think all of our social media is just oh, AB2HYC. We got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Clamor now because of you guys. Yeah, you're on the Clamor. Fantastic. It's a lot of fun. And uh, now you guys have some video. Con- you can just put out your own content on the Clamor and, and Clamor us too and everyone. All right. Well, Should, it might be a- um, YouTube slash AB2HYK. Oh, that was a let's try that. I should know that. Ah, there it is. Yes. Uh, oh, is that what it is? We'll put yes. a link in the show notes, jockandair.com slash 27, but it is youtube.com slash AP2HY Cape. A place awesome. to hang your cape. That was you, wrong. YouTube. Uh, have you seen, you've seen uh, Peter Kendall's Cape Swoosh production uh, audio dramas, comic book dramas? Have you heard any of those? Yeah, we're going to be reviewing them, I think. Oh, great. Yeah, well, I see you guys, uh, you have a, a it's, you're subscribed to it here, I see it. It's so good, yeah. dude. I love that stuff they do over there. I listened to The Killing Joke. I'm not, I haven't gone to the other ones yet, though. Yeah. The killing, I'm looking the, forward to them. The guy who did the Joker in that is really oh, good. God. Oh, my God. I was like, this is fucking, this is like Mark Hamill Joker. Like, what a great job. Uh, and and the then, sound design is really good. Yeah. Like, just like the background noise. The, the score, the music, the sound it's effects. high quality. Yeah, it totally quality. immerses you in, into the story. Yeah, really well done stuff. You guys should check that out. Cape Swoosh Productions on the YouTubes also. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. I want to get to this one last bit of news. Before, okay. Uh, David, I want to just get David's thoughts on it. So uh, Brian Singer's kind of confirmed that they're talking about crossing over the X-Men and Fantastic Four series, which are owned by Fox right now. Um, and wanted to see what your thoughts were on if that's going to happen, David. I don't think it's going to happen. No? I, no. I don't. I think so like – I, I really liked um, Days of Future Past. I thought that, like, as a in, in terms of a crossover event, that was a great film. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think if you read the comics, like the X Men and Fantastic Four don't really hang out that much. No, they don't. No, no that's so what I was kind thinking. of an awkward pairing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like you're bringing two groups together as well. Like, if it was if it was like bringing like Spider Man and Daredevil together, just like yeah. as an example of two individual heroes, then like them coming together, okay, sure. It seems or, it would seem forced and like yeah, not very natural. And and you're starting off minimum nine characters. Yeah, that's a that lot film. of fucking people to put in the one thing, and we don't even know how Fantastic Four is going to do. I was going to say. Uh, 
they uh, there is that picture of all the X Men in Fantastic Four, like yeah, the, in, without being in costume taken together. Yeah, so from San Diego. But I would say the reason why I don't think it's going to cross over is this is just a hunch, but I don't think Fantastic Four is going to make enough money for them to justify continuing that. I don't know. I, yeah, I kind of agree. Like the nothing in like none of the trailers have made me go like I must see that. Like aside from the fact that like I have to because I run a place saying your cape. Like sometimes right. Like right. This one's- uh, I, you know what's gotten me interested in it is uh, Kevin Smith on Fat Man on Batman podcast has uh, started this like interview with Josh Trank. It's going to be four parts. He has the first part, and he's not even talking about the movie. He's just talking about how he became a filmmaker and he, how he comes from an editing background and you know little anecdotes of him growing up. And it kind of really got me excited to see this movie just because Josh seemed kind of cool on the show, and it was it was an interesting interview. Uh, well, other than that, too, and the fact that, I mean, although we're, we're comic book fans, so I kind of have to see it. Yeah, we're, of course, we're going to go see it. But there are, I would say there are talented people in it. Josh Trank is a very talented director, I think. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, mm. um, Kate Mara, uh, the guy that's playing Mr. Fantastic, whose name is slipping my mind right now. Um, but they're all pretty talented actors and actresses. So Michael I, B. Jordan's going to blow up, dude. Have Toby you seen the, the Creed trailer, David? Uh, I haven't yet. Oh, dude. Maybe I did. No, I, I really like him. I I have to say, but for both him and Trank, I loved Chronicle. Yeah, yeah. Like, Chronicle was great. Like, yeah. it, like it's the only thing that's giving me some confidence. Miles about. Teller is playing Mr. Miles Teller. Yeah, I mean, Chronicle is, like, one of the greatest yeah. – it's a great superhero film, you know, that's not based on actual superhero source material. It's fantastic. Uh, no so, pun intended? Yeah, pun it's intended. been <laughs> – pun intended. Um, but, yeah, I mean – you're right about the trailers. The trailers don't really have me psyched up. If anything, it was that Josh Trank interview that's got me more interested. I'm not really expecting much, so that might also help. Where I'm just going to be like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to go watch this movie, you know, see what happens. I'm also really worried about, like, the negative zone and the quantum realm. Like, if, yeah. if it does do well, that the quantum realm is going to become a bigger thing in the Marvel Universe. Again, no pun intended there. Yeah. But um, that worries me because, like... I, I feel like I what I really don't want to see is Ant-Man 2, the quantum realm. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think, like, it would be smarter for Fox to not do this, to leave open a little wiggle room, maybe work with Marvel on these properties. Because really, what Fox's uh, uh, track record with superhero movies, uh, not the best, maybe. Daredevil. Uh, they have, like, one or two, like, what, like uh, Days of Future Past and, like, X-Men 2. One, I don't know. Um, well, I mean, I would say the re- what worries me the most is that Doctor Doom might get ruined for a second time. Yeah. Doctor Doom in the first couple Fantastic Four oh, movies was not good, and from the rumor, I like Toby Kebbell. I think he's a good actor, but there were rumors that Doctor Doom they wanted to make this a little more realistic and gritty. And there were rumors that Doctor Doom would be a tech guy to start this movie. Was that like an ultimate version of this? I don't know. Uh, but I just don't I, want to. Uh, Doctor Doom is such a great character. Yeah. Such a fantastic character. <laughs> and I don't want to see him get ruined at the same time. I mean, I don't have any problem with him being a tech guy. What I do have a problem with is it looks like in this movie they're going the same route as the last movie where he gets powers along with them. Because of the storm or whatever, yeah. Oh, yeah, they did that again, yeah. And it's like that... 
isn't really that's not like, him. That's no. not him. No. He's no. definitely a tech guy. He's a goddamn yeah. dictator of a sovereign nation that wants to fuck everybody up. That's what. That's who he is. Well, not he doesn't want to fuck. It. He just well, has a very idealistic way of thinking, and he doesn't conform to any other way. He doesn't really want to fuck everything up. Well, he's God Doom like, right now in Marvel yeah. Comics. Thank Doom. I think that like Doom should have nothing to do with the Fantastic Four origin. No, right? I agree. Yeah, like that. I think it's like the biggest mistake. Like I was would have been really psyched to see Mole Man and not Doctor Doom. Now, how can you make Mole Man and not make it silly and laughable? Like that. That's kind of tough. Also, like they have a. It would be tough. How know. can you make Ant Man and not make it silly that's and laughable? True. Well, yeah, way to have I mean, it. you have Marvel Studios doing that though, yeah. in the hands of Fox. I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I love the cartoon. Just the, the moment where, like, um, you see Mole Man and he's yelling about the belligerent troglodytes. It's yeah. like this is a kids' show. Why are yeah. you using those words? <laughs> you know, they taught you a lot of multi-syllabic words when you were little. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. I think this is just an early rumor. Uh, Mole Man was originally rumored to be in it at some point. Yeah, I did see that Mole Man was. What, and wasn't Doom like a blogger or something too? Was that's that might have been what I saw where he maybe even like a blogger, which yeah. just, I think that's that's true. That's just silly. That I mean, that stuck around at least. Oh boy! Well, it's coming uh, out uh, in like two weeks, so we'll all get to see what happens. I, I, don't you guys get the movies earlier, David? Yeah. Um, so sometimes we do with the Marvel movies because they're all filmed in England. Um, right. We sometimes get them sooner. With Ant Man is the first one we didn't. Oh, wow. uh, but like Avengers came out like a week or so early here, and like wow. last summer the um, uh, Guardians and uh, Winter Soldier came out a little bit earlier. Do American movies play well in England? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that, most like that. of the time it's it like if you go to the cinema, it's like most of the movies playing are are um, American movies. Dude, oh, okay. their movie theaters are really nice too because they have, uh, you could get salty popcorn or you get sweet popcorn. Or is it just sweet popcorn now? No salty popcorn? You can get both and you can get a mix. Oh, you can get the mix. And it's not like, I like it because we have a, you know caramel corn. We have a thing called caramel corn. And that's <laughs> like really, it's too sweet. That's this, too goddamn sweet. This sweet popcorn is just lightly sweetened and it's like it's perfect because it's a little bit salty and sweet and then do they still do the thing where you can like buy in the color zones of seating like you you buy like your uh where you sit you straight up buy your seat now it's like a th- like in a proper theater you're just buying like g12 oh oh, oh really yes yeah, that, so, that that's slowly not every theater here do they have a uh, because I, I i recently went to the theater and i didn't know this was a thing I'm sitting in this uh, – first of all, like you said, I picked my seat and I get there and it's this giant fucking lazy boy chair with like an airplane sliding table and it reclines all the way back. Like you could lie down and watch a movie. Like I just wanted to come back and take a nap in there. I didn't even want to see the fucking movie. It was so comfortable. We have like premium seating or, or something that's like leather seats and they're a bit more cushiony but nothing no, – no lazy boy. That shit is badass what they're doing here. It's amazing. It is like yeah, fucking fifteen dollars a movie, but well, they have do? to. Well, they have to do that because. Yeah. Movie th- I mean, why? Why yeah. would you ever want to leave your house? You have yeah. to at least, if you want to leave your house, you better recreate the experience that you get at your house, except with a bigger screen. It got me buying tickets, right? Yeah, uh, David, are you reading any uh, comic books uh, at the moment? Um, I'm working my way through Superior Spider-Man. Right okay, now. okay. Thanks, Imran, uh, for spoiling the whole thing. For I him. did not spoil yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> Um, you I'm would have. It, so I probably okay. would have. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm gonna. I finished um, the first trade of Miss Marvel. 
Oh yeah, what you what you think of that? Isn't that great? I I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. it. It captures like the early like Spider-Man Peter Parker kind of vibe of a, a young relatable teenager, but in the and now, you know? And yeah, absolutely. It. And it's also so most of what I read tends to be like indie comics and stuff, um like the things that get sent to me. Okay. And it's only been recently that I was like, you know, what, screw it. I need to go back to some Marvel and some DC, I- see what's up. There's um, there's some good shit, dude. I would also recommend the Hawkeye series. Uh, Superior Foes of Spider Man is really good. Uh, the Daredevil, Mark Wade, Samney Daredevil, uh, Dan Slott, Mike All Mike Allred's Silver Surfer is really good right now. There's a lot of good shit out there. Yeah, uh, basically, I'm starting to pick it all back up. I think I got a lot. I picked up some of the new, more recent Daredevil. Um, I think the Mark Wade stuff that you were talking about. Yeah, that's just all- what is your favorite Daredevil comic story? I wanted to know. It's uh, the I can't remember the name. It's the one with where Electra's introduced Bo- the Frank Miller. Born again. Born- is it born again? Is that uh, or Electra? No, it's the one where he like gets t- taken apart. It's El- the one right before that with. Um, I think it's the one called- with the introduction of of Electra. Of Electra. Like, he flashes back to his college days, and it's like. When he the first time that he like rescued her, her dad with a scarf over his head. Oh, that's um, right. There's like this great scene where he's just like she's just beating the crap out of him. He's lying, laying on the street in the rain, and that's when he has the flashback. And it, I love that one. Yeah, all that shit is so good. All right, that's good. Can you recommend for me a good uh, so a good indie comic that you may have just come across that you really like? I think you'd really like. Um, so Elemental Micah is one of the ones we reviewed a, a while ago, but the creator is a good friend of mine. Um, and it's basically, it's about a, a, a young kid who gets superpowers, but he doesn't really know how to become a superhero. Okay. And it's sort of about that kind of journey. Um, which is one of my favorites. Loose Scannon is great. Uh, it's a, like, uh, so that's Lou, L-O-U, and then his last name is Scannon, S-C-A-N-N-O-N, as in Loose Cannon. Loose Cannon. I see what he did there. Um, and he's not the only character in the book to have a punny name like that. Um, it's basically like a Firefly-esque kind of like space odyssey adventure, but it's full of references to other shit. Like, it's just like total spoof and like... When he gets to like the fifth or sixth issue, there's a scene where he goes into like this antique store on one of the planets, and it's like every item in the room and this two page full spread, every single item is from something. Oh, that's awesome. Like they've got like the hoverboard there, they've got like idol from uh, Indiana Jones. uh, Indiana Jones, I think. They they like they just like grabbed like they were like, We need to fill this room, so they just like went and like um just did it. One issue is the entire issue is this great parody of Alien. Oh, nice! Um, That's fun. It, it's just it's really it's really fun. Um, what else is that? Oh my god, Torso Bear! You guys should read Torso Torso, Torso Bear. Yeah, uh, it's this anthology that um, another friend of mine put out, uh, and it's basically it's it's fluffy noir. Uh, is, uh, wait, going, wait, so wait, wait! Is that what I think it is? Uh, fluffy noir, meaning like noir for the fluffy community. No. Okay. I was it's, wrong. Thank God. So it's, um, it's about toys. Okay. So it's like a, it's like a noir detective story, but like all the characters are like teddy bears and action figures oh, fun. and that kind of stuff. And it's 
really good. It's like, I think 30 or 40 artists and, and writers worked on it. It's a whole big anthology, oh, but there's one story that goes like sort of throughout the whole thing. And they just finished the Kickstarter for volume two. And I am so excited. Wow. Yeah. I'm looking at the website and it says a cutesy crime anthology, uh, which yeah, is that's that's the a one. great way to explain it. All right. No, these are great recommendations, man. I mean, I can't wait gonna, to check. We'll, these we'll out. have links in the show notes. All these links will be at jackandnerd.com slash 27. Uh, these are great, great recommendations. Like, cause this is the kind of stuff that people, uh, would not normally be turned on to. No, this is very helpful. Yeah, I mean, if you guys want more recommendations, I, not only could I give you more recommendations, if you want to talk to the artists and the writers, I can put you in touch with them too. Like, they are some of the nicest people right now. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna check these out and uh, we'll probably... Yeah, we, we'll have to, to read them and then, yeah, them. yeah, talk to these guys. I still wanted to know, uh, since you listened to all our episodes, before we close out, David, first of all, favorite, favorite episode of ours so far? Um, I think the Daredevil one. Nice. Um, mostly because, like, I think I've listened to two or three podcasts about Daredevil. Okay. And I just love listening to other people talk about that series. But it was also a really good one for you guys as well. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> you know, the problem is uh, we barely remember half the shit we say uh, when we record these shows. Yeah. There's been so many hours of audio. Uh, so sometimes- that one too was weird because we didn't know leading up to that sh- uh, show, we didn't know if we were going to review the show as a whole or if we were going to split up episodes yeah, or we how we were going to do it. And we both ended up just binge watching the show. Yeah. And it was like, there's no point in splitting up this episode because we're going to want to talk about everything all yeah. at once. So that was fun. We just did a long show on it. So I'm it glad you all- enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it was also interesting because, like I said, I've been like binge watching my own shows and then listening to your podcast, like not my own shows, the uh, Arrow and yeah. Flash, the other shows. Um, but then when you were talking about Daredevil, it was the first time that you were at the same place that I was. Oh, oh. so like, because <laughs> like I was would be like a few episodes ahead of you guys, and you'd be talking about the Flash, and I'd be like, I can't wait to hear what you had to say when this happens. <laughs> and then like with uh, Daredevil, it was like you were at the same place that I was. So oh, you caught up. Yeah. It, yeah. Caught, like, up. caught up. And so it was like talking about the whole thing and I didn't have any more foreknowledge. And so it was like sort of on the same page. And that was really nice. That is so fascinating. Cause like the whole on demand of this uh, medium, you forget about how many different ways people can experience this with the, you know, with the material that we're talking about. Like those episodes can be evergreen. I was wrong. They were wrong. Would you change anything? Do we change? Do we just keep doing what we're doing? I guess that's what I, that's just all I want to know. Cause nobody, everyone, nobody's been able to give us a, I don't know. Like, I don't want to say it and jinx us, but like everyone wants, I just been no negative, negative comments, but we comment. don't ever get any. I'm like, wait a minute. We can't be doing fucking everything right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, I think what you're doing with the show notes is awesome. Okay. Um, I like that. Cause like, I literally like after, um, listening to a couple of episodes of the geek chorus. I think it was the Spider-Man one. I was like, I know who Ezekiel is, but nobody else would know. It's great. If you can like put a link to it. And then I like started on you guys podcast, like the next day. And I was like, Oh, so that is a thing that people do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how I, I only do that. Cause that's what I would want. That's how I like it. Like if, you know, I want to get turned on to stuff, but then I want the links to be right there. So I can like, ah, oh, that sounded great. Let's go buy it. Let's check it out. Let's check yeah, it out. It's, yeah. it's also like, if I want news, I don't even have to like go into my news sites, which is what I usually do anyway. But like, I can just like be like, "Oh, what's what's happening with Ant Man?" And I just went on your 
podcast last week was like, I'm going to read all these articles yeah, and then I'll the, listen oh, to the podcast. It's great. I'm glad you see it as a resource because that's how I intended it. You know what I should start doing? I'll start when we write articles about or when you start including our articles, I'll put links to it and you got it'd be like you can hear the jock and nerd talk about this. Oh yeah. There oh, you go. Please. We'll cross promote. Yeah, because I'll probably have a link at least one link every episode going going back to an article that we like. Uh whether we talk about it or not, you know, what's I'll just throw it in there. Why not? Awesome. Yeah, perfect. Maybe I'll go back and put links to like each episode that you review. So like we review every Flash episode, and it's like this is the Jock and Nerd talking about this episode of the Flash. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's yeah. all yeah, it's great. Share the love. You get all different yeah. kinds of uh, uh, opinions and observations from different people, and that's that's the whole point. And we, yeah, we'd love to talk to your writers, to any creators, artists. Man, it's very exciting, uh, and I'm glad we were able to get you on. And thanks for coming on. Uh, we got what, to pop his podcast. Where cherry, can people huh? find? Yeah. Oh, is this your first podcast? My very first podcast. Oh shit! Oh shit! We're popping podcast cherries since 2015, people. Uh, I love it, and you handle yourself well. You should have your own podcast. Oh, of course fuck. you knew I was going to say that. I knew you were. You you knew I was going to say that, but you really should. Everyone should. Oh. Why? Because, Why should everyone have their own podcast? Because it's a great way to just express so you, yourself. Do you want Donald Trump supporters to have their own podcast? Sure. Oh, my God. I didn't say you have to go listen to every podcast, but you can have a podcast. Oh, my Don't God. Don't get me started on fucking Donald Trump. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Uh, David, uh, tell everyone where they can find you and where they should go. Um, so it's a place to hang your cape, and it's at ap2hyc.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, which is all – at AB2HYC or Facebook slash AB2HYC. And we are on YouTube, which is YouTube slash AB2HY Cape. Yeah. Um, we're on Clamor. We're on Tumblr, AB2HYC.tumblr.com. Yeah, I'd say go check out the Facebook page first because we have a lot of awesome cosplay pictures from last weekend at oh, LCC. Right. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, like, we have some really good cosplay from that one. Um, and not, not just me, but like other people. Uh, and you guys take uh, submissions from uh, independent creators, right? I say they want you know them. You want you guys to check out their works. Yeah, um, if you want to send stuff over, you can send it to my email is editor at ap two hyc dot com. Just put it like I heard you on Jock and Nerd, and I'm sending you my comic. There you go. Oh yeah, that'd be. There's awesome. your in creators. Do not miss this opportunity. If you have a, a web comic or indie comic uh, that you really love and you're passionate and you want to get it out there, let us know. Let David know, and uh, we'll spread the word. You know, it doesn't have to be a comic. If it's a web series, if it's a you know fan film, if it's even if it's a, another podcast. There you go. I, I like what you're doing, David. I like keep it up. Keep up the good work. Yeah. No, Thanks, guys. Good. Yeah, we, lo- we love it. I think that's about, that yeah. about does it. Anything else? Anybody want got anything else we'd like to discuss? Uh, is fish and chips really the bomb in in dude, England? Fish and chips is oh, good, dude. God. You can't even appreciate it until you get over here. Yeah, like, really? It doesn't make sense. What kind of fish? What kind of fish do they use? It's like any kind of fish: cod, really? haddock, white it's, fish. It's yeah. deep fried fish with fried with fr- fries. Yes. Battered, battered, deep fried, battered, and then deep fried you gotta fries. put vinegar on that shit, dude. I was and gonna you... say, is there a sauce you use? Um, it's Not, like don't ketchup. answer him, run. <laughs> you, you ketchup and mayonnaise, or like okay, that's, what do they dip the? You, they dip their uh, their vinegar, chips yeah. into mayonnaise mostly. Huh. 
Oh, it's so good. Yeah. You have to try it. Dude, and they really don't like peanut butter and jelly together in a sandwich. It's hard to find peanut butter, period, over here. They just think that's gross. Like, like really? you say that, and they're just, they'll start retching and convulsing. They just think it's I the- should move to London because I recently developed a peanut allergy. So what? I feel you like, did? Yeah, yeah very oh, recently. I didn't know that. Like, how recently? Like, yesterday? Like, I found out maybe within the past two months. Wow, dude. That- I was eating peanuts at a Cubs game, and I started getting an allergic reaction. Dude, that's crazy. That yeah. is serious because now, did they give you, like, an EpiPen and shit? It wasn't serious enough where I have to go to the hospital, but it just it's just a nuisance. Like I can't eat pizza, it's peanuts now, and not be crying. And my and you just I developed get, that. Recently. Yeah, very recently. One of our coworkers actually just developed a maybe within the past three years a lactose became lactose. Uh, there's a so you know what's funny about both these things. I uh, I used to be really into paleo and CrossFit, and I got to get back to CrossFit. But paleo, there's reasons they say stay away from uh, dairy. And they say stay away from peanuts, not nuts. Like the peanut is technically not a nut. It's, okay. a, le- it's, a, leg- it's a legume. And both of those things, like first of all, I don't think we should be ingesting fucking milk from another animal. Like it doesn't make any goddamn sense to begin with. Uh, but the legumes, if you cut out a lot of these things out of your diet, basically grains, dairy, legumes, you will notice – your joints feel better. You'll notice a lot less bloating. Like, you'll feel better. You'll run more efficiently. You'll run more efficiently. Your body will, because we're not meant to be ingesting these things. And grains are, you know, like, the grains are the worst because they've all been, like, kind of fucked with, genetically uh, altered. And it's not like the same wheat we had, but even the, the, the gelatin and the gluten in the wheat, like, we're not, we can't process that. And it's mm. too much. But it's interesting that as time goes on, more people are getting peanut allergies. Like, back in the day, like, nobody had these fucking peanut allergies. Nowadays, it's fucking killing little kids in school. Like, it's really weird. We wanted me to tell you how I first, besides, not the, it's actually not the Cubs game that I first found out. It was at work. I'm sorry to bore you with this, David, but we get on tangents. <laughs> um, sorry. I was eating one of my coworkers' uh, peanuts. He had, like, spicy peanuts. So Wait, gave you were eating one of your coworkers' nuts. Let's just Exactly. I grabbed okay. him from his drawer and ate some of his nuts. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I started getting, like my throat started to like close up and I started oh, getting shit. itchy eyes and oh, like the shit. sniffles. Yeah, that's not and good. I, and I went to Target, which in America, it's a big superstore. And I was, I was contemplating buying an Epi, like uh, buying Benadryl. Yeah. And it started, and I just decided to tough it out and play video games instead at Target. And it went <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I guess you would need an antihistamine, but you eventually you would need like adrenaline if it gets fucking bad, dude. You know. Yeah, I just I didn't know what to do, and I didn't want to buy the wrong thing, so I just decided to play video games instead at Target. Oh, that's fascinating how you just yeah. develop fucking wow. All right. And this was literally within the past two or three months. Wow. Yeah. See. I forget that, like, because, you know, over here, healthcare is free. So it's like, if that happened over here, you just go to the doctor and it's not like a thing. Right. Forget that, like, in the States, that's not always the Uh, option. Almost everywhere but here, healthcare is fucking free. That's one of the problems. One of the reasons why I like living over here. Yeah. (laughs) I paid a lot of money. Anyways, guys, I got to wrap this up. The jock's got to roll. Well, no, I, I got the most jock thing I'm doing. After what are you this. doing? Want to know? Yeah. Want to know? Yeah. Uh, so the UFC is in Chicago today. Woo. And I'm, I'm actually leaving in about an hour, in like 30, 40 minutes to go see the fights live. So I kind of do have to go. Where is it at? <laughs> Where is it at? It's at the United Center. In oh, downtown. dude, that's awesome. All right. The jock It'll will be, be my 10th or 11th live UFC. The jock fight, will so. be live tweeting uh, the UFC fight later today, folks, if you want to jump on the Twitter. Wait, <laughs> this isn't going to come up till tomorrow. It's too late. Why am I telling people? Yeah. Goddamn time shifting <laughs> podcast. <laughs> 
in the talk past. about on the next podcast. Yeah, the, the, I will the, definitely just, talk about it. I mean, it's not my first time, but it is literally I'm living up to the jock name. I have to go see these fights pretty soon. Um, all right, we'll wrap it up right now. David, thank you so much for being on the show. Lovely to have you. Hopefully not the last time. I think we're going to hear from you and your guys a place to hang your cape a lot more uh, in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I'll let my writers know if they want to start podcasting, they should just call you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, I, everyone should. And I hope you had fun on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Listener, as usual, uh, show notes will be at jockandnerd.com slash 27. Send us a voice message. You can go to speakpipe.com slash jockandnerd or go to our website or l- click the link in the show notes. David has done it. It's a lot of fun. You could be part of the show. Let us know what you think about anything. Or you can send us email, show at jockandnerd.com, tweet us at jockandnerdcast, we're on Facebook at jockandnerd, and clamor. Right, Anthony? All right, Anthony. Correct. Uh, go fucking, uh, go watch people beat the shit out of each other. And well, so, before you do that, though, yeah. you should go on iTunes and rate and review oh, us. I always forget this awesome. part, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> subscribe in iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. You can go to jockandnerd.com. It'll take us uh, right, well, jockandnerd.com slash review will take you right to our iTunes page where you can subscribe, review, and share us. And as always, tell a person. Go up to them and then just give them one of these. Chuck and nerd. There you go. That's today's. That's this. That's this week's assignment. As always, my name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.